0: Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 370, recorded on April 7th, 2022. On tonight's episode, we chat with our special guests, Kit and Krista, about podcasting, video games, books, movies, and questions from the community. All kinds of them. Jesse, you know what to do.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here with Nintendo Dads, and it's episode 370. It's April 7th, 2022, and it's a special edition of the show. Joining us on the podcast tonight are Kit and Krista from the Kit and Krista podcast. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing great. So happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Fantastic.
3: Thank you.
1: Yeah, we are super excited that you guys have gotten to join us, and uh, we have... Uh, a ton, as we've already said, a ton of questions coming your way here in just a little bit. But also joining me on the show tonight is our usual cast of scoundrels. Uh, actually, some of the finest folks. Uh, Kent and Krista, you don't know this. None of us have ever really met in real life uh, except for Jesse and Justin. Uh, it's, it's a weird story how it all happened I've never met here. Either, so. yeah uh, uh, in our
2: imaginations really it's yeah yeah CG, what the if...
1: magic of cg <laughs> we're just <laughs> i'm just a robot and somebody's in me working me with controls it's, it's
3: totally
0: fine uh tim off how you doing buddy i'm doing great had a rough day today with uh trying to get a fridge to fit in uh, uh not measured well spot but hopefully get that fixed soon but other than that i'm doing okay
2: Hmm. How about you, Marty? A funny
0: joke there. Oh yeah, no. I a wish it
2: was
4: to fit into an <laughs> ill measured spot. <laughs> right. Call well, a carpenter. It, it, yeah,
1: that's I was gonna what say, I'm going to say right now. His that. answer is call a carpenter and pay lots of money. Uh, yes. I'm doing great. Uh, today was a fantastic day. Beautiful weather outside. Got to go uh, take my daughter to dance. Uh, her dance class this afternoon is parent watch week, so I got to go see her. And we also uh, ha- we also ate like kings tonight we we had the incredible incredible dinner at sam's club uh Uh, for those of you who don't know maybe you've got costco or something like that near you sam's club dinner uh is like uh you get a slice of pizza that's as big as your face and a giant drink for two bucks so
2: you uh, just ate the free samples which is what i used to do at costco (laughs) that's a university living that's
4: what that is you know what i mean
1: sometimes (laughs) now But the free samples tonight were like
4: dish detergent, so you can't really. I mean, you can. I mean, you can, but we don't condone that, right? I mean,
1: it's
2: like decisions, right? Marty's a
4: frugal king.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, we we try to be, we try to be, uh, you know, cheap. Cheap is free, Uh, but we finished tonight at Crumble Cookie, so that was Mm. that was very good, Uh, and I will regret that, I'm sure, tomorrow.
4: Uh, Justin, speaking of regret, how are you? Wow. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate your segues like that. That's uh, that's fantastic. Doing all right, actually. My voice is back, which is great. Uh, I, I literally yelled on the podcast so loud last week that I lost my voice for almost six days, which um, my wife was pretty happy about. She was pretty, she was pretty happy that I could talk. Um, so it was great. But I'm excited to be here. Uh, another great day up in the Great White North, eh? So, yeah.
1: Hey. Uh, also joining us, as we mentioned uh, before the show started, Nintendo Dad seven year employee of the year, uh, longest running streak. Jesse Waldack, how you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty
5: good. And uh, for for those who are st- still thought this was an April Fool's joke, ha, jokes on you.
1: Surprise! Take that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we have uh, a smattering uh, of news uh, to talk about tonight because it's been kind of a quiet week. But uh, the majority of our time on the show tonight is going to be spent uh, with our community. Because they were so excited uh, that you were going to be on the show tonight, Kit and Chris, as, as well as us being excited you were going to be on, that we have uh, what could possibly be described as too many questions. Uh, but you can out. decide after it's all over. We'll find out. But uh, before we do that, let's throw it to the news, shall we? Do it. And of course, our news is brought to us each and every week by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can join in and be part of our community, get access to our Discord. Uh, $5 a month gets you into the full state of uh, slate of subchannels and things there. Uh, $10 a month pre and post show audio and some art cards and things that we throw out every now and then. And $30 a month gets you on the show as Patreon producers get you in the credits as well. Uh, and we want to say a huge thanks to, a, uh, as Justin would say from the Great White North there, a schwack load of brand new Patreons uh, this week who have joined in, including a brand new uh, Patreon producer. Uh, I'm pulling this up as we speak right now. So guys, you know, we, things run like a well-oiled machine uh, <laughs> around here. But we want to say a huge thanks to Alexandra Ocampo, uh, Abel Briano, Dylan Pierce, and Andy Penizik. Uh, and I probably murdered all those names. I'm sorry. I'm from the South. We don't talk good down here. Uh, but anyway, um, thanks for joining in and being part of the Patreon family. And again, you can go over there and do that at patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads. We also offer a yearly, uh, subscription model where you save a month's worth of payments if you sign up for the year. So if you want to do that, there you go. Patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads. So right before the show, uh, this is actually kind of breaking news. Uh, Metroid Dread got its second update uh that was promised in the earlier Nintendo Direct uh this year or last year, this year, whenever that happened. Boss Rush Mode has dropped. And Tim has already got a video up uh on our YouTube channel
0: about this. Um I didn't do so well. Just no just to let you know. No, <laughs> no. I watched a little bit and I was. I, I, I made the mistake of thinking I, I could just jump in and do it. And I was like, wait, I didn't practice. I haven't played Dread in a while. And I forgot the controls already.
3: So those <laughs> bosses are such breezy, non-stressful situations. So yes, that's <laughs> true. No muscle memory? You didn't like your fingers
0: didn't just
2: tap into place or what?
0: No, my fingers were all <laughs> over the controls. Just like, what is going on? Why did I do this? I didn't even prepare for this. So, so
1: yeah. Kim and Krista, you may not know this, but Tim is our resident uh, Metroid fanatic. Um, you know, if we're if we're rating it out of the four of us, he's he's the top tier uh guy. Uh were you looking forward to this, Tim?
0: Uh most definitely, more so than just the the previous update. Because I mean it was just getting, I think, was it rookie mode and dread mode and all that kind of stuff? But this added another layer of playability to the game for me. So
1: did you uh- You know, off the record here, I know this came out while I think you guys were still working on Nintendo Minute. You guys played Metroid Dread. Did you enjoy it? Very much. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I played that game all the way through. I did not 100% it, though, but um, I loved it. It was my game of the year that year. So it's great.
1: You and Tim sharing similarities there. It was his game of the year as well. I think it was mine, too. I don't remember. Uh, But, yeah. uh, I know know it wasn't mine.
2: <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah, I don't I think Jesse made I, it out of the first hour. Uh like maybe hour, two or
5: three. It was like it was like it was the yellow Emmy. I'm like, that's where I died. I <laughs> oh
2: they're terrifying. <laughs> it's ter- it's terrible. It's
1: the I got. That far is a, a glimpse into our AI future.
2: <laughs> We're all gonna I'm, be Emmys, six of us, six Emmys. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I, or or killed by them. I, oh, I don't okay. know. I it's it, it you're right, it is terrifying. Like I just remember like going through those doors and and that sound, the little chirping.
2: The beep, beep, beep. And yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was,
4: I, yeah. How many of you did the like, no, no, I'm not doing this. And like turn around and like left the room. I did the lock. yes. I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. Right. Tomorrow,
3: Boston way. Robotics is going to have a tweet introducing Emmy, and <laughs> it's going to be dancing to, like, the Rickroll song or something.
1: We're <laughs> all going to love it at
3: first until the murder
1: it's starts, horrible, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I've not touched, I'll, I'll, I'm going to make an admission, I've not touched dread mode, and I will never touch dread mode. No. Same.
2: Yeah. Like, who thought that was a good yeah, idea? Too. Hey,
1: let's take this really incredibly hard game and make, and make it, it a mode where you can only get hit once.
0: And yeah, then you're dead. I love yeah. Metroid. I love Metroid Dread. I but I will not do Dread mode. <laughs> this
2: seems <laughs> frustrating, to the right? Game. Yeah, it seems like it'd be like really frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's out. You can guys can go and download that right now. It's a free update for Metroid Dread. Uh, I just finished it right before we went live here on the show. So it's a very <laughs> Uh, Quick, simple download, uh, so you can go check out Boss Rush Mode and hopefully do better uh, than Tim. Uh, We're going to come back to this this next news item in just a second because it's kind of the big one. But also announced this week, Mario Golf uh, for the Nintendo 64 will be available to play uh, on the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack next week uh, on April 15th. Uh, This is, uh, I think this was a game we had already seen, like we knew it was coming. Uh, it'd been in like, maybe like one of the sizzle reel things or something yeah. when they showed was, off, but they it was didn't in their really horizontal deal. scroll of these were becoming. Yeah. Be coming. yeah. yeah they, it was like that and Banjo-Kazooie and, and a couple others. others. Uh, are, are you guys, uh, are y'all Mario golf fans? Um, I am.
2: I love Mario, Mario golf. I think it's, I feel like I've never played golf real life in my whole life, but I'm like, no, I can definitely do this because I'm good at Mario golf. That's my confidence level in these skills translating into real life. They're a hundred percent
0: transferable.
2: That's yeah, what I think yeah, too. I'm going to just continue to believe yeah. that until proven otherwise, but I I'm think I'm not I a doctor in real
0: life, it. but I play one on TV, right? That's exactly <laughs> hey, Dr. Mark. Oh,
2: Get ready for that surgery. It's, it's happening.
3: <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't oh. love the 3DS um, Mario golf, but this last one I really did. Oh. And I thought there were some great additions with like speed golf um, was really fun and just very, very playable game. So yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to this one.
4: The that, 3ds, that? the 3ds golf, one, we really enjoyed as a community because we would do the asynchronous play tournaments. Yeah. So we did that. So like our community, we'd all get on Discord and we'd all be. I was going to gonna say that that, that, and that, loved it because of that functionality, right? Mario uh, Golf,
1: Mario Golf 3ds. Him not liking that, that may be that may be the hot take of the show.
4: Yeah, I like.
2: I it. Didn't I didn't like know it. that. Uh, I thought you liked that. Did, about, like just, just for
1: our just for our community, they may, there's there's some people in our community that are die hard Mario Golf
3: 3ds. So here, here's fans. maybe a I, I don't the whole like rpg mode that's there i i don't really get into those i just want to play the golf like all the part yeah. where it's like oh this toad's talking at you it's like oh, just let me get on the course guy yeah yeah
1: so have y'all either of you played uh the the mario golf nintendo 64 version have you played that previously or is this going to be a new experience very I little i
2: have yeah very either very little cuz i didn't own an n64 growing up um but maybe I've played it at a friend's house, but I don't have much recollection of
3: it. Yeah, yeah I, I
5: don't remember the this. Game, but I n- I never owned it either.
1: I don't remember oh. this. I-, I had Mario tennis for the Nintendo 64 mm. for some reason because I'm not like a sports person at all. But uh I guess it's the Mario games like Mario Kart, Mario Tennis. But I never I never played golf because I was like, that's gonna be golf. Well,
4: you know. I- I am a little bit concerned or concerned is maybe a loose word there, but like how much, like we're getting like one N64 game a month. This well has got to dry out pretty quick here, right? Like Kit and Chris, anything from the N64, like that you really want to see? I know Christy mentioned you didn't didn't own one, but from that generation is looking back, is there any that you're really hoping that Nintendo is going to release soon or, or what are your thoughts on kind of this well, you know, drying out soon? Licensing is a challenge, I'm sure as well, but kind of thoughts on this.
3: Yeah, the N64 didn't really have the deepest lineup to begin with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of them just getting as much as they can out there up front just so people, you know, can enjoy the games and, and not always be waiting of like, oh, is this game that I want ever going to show up? I think, you know, the one that probably a lot of people want is Goldeneye, but that's mm-hmm. tied up in all sorts of licensing and, you know, rights and um, rare. So there's a lot there. Um, rock might be a cool one. Ooh. The original Turok, actually, the the second Turok, was cool too. They had that weapon called the Cerebral Bore, which would just like shoot into your brain. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know if I would like play through those games beginning to end, but those were pretty memorable at the time. Just purchasable
1: on the eShop. Oh, are they? They did a like a not a remaster, but like a re-release of it.
3: Okay. Yeah,
4: but I think think you're also. I think you're also right. I think some of these games are like great to jump back into play for about 15 minutes. Maybe like, yeah, I remember the nineties. I'm done. I'm all <laughs> right. I'll put that away now. Walk away.
1: The, I, I really feel like the big one they're saving is smash, right? That's going to be like toward the end of the, the drip feed.
0: Yeah, I would think. I'm so, also hoping, although a licensing would get in the way uh, for perfect dark. I thought that would be a good one. If that could come mm. over.
4: Yeah. I wonder, you know, like, what is it? Xbox owns that. Yeah, They play nice. So I I don't know how nice Phil wants to play.
1: We got Banjo, right? Yes. So who knows? Uh, Well, here's our biggest news item of the week. uh, And I feel like you guys might have a little bit of a different perspective on this than we do. Uh, Nintendo uh, has uh, a new defensive strategy for fighting back against Joy-Con legal action. And it is basically to say that children cannot sue the company. Uh, From comicbook.com, this is the the statement that we picked up. Essentially, Nintendo has claimed that children cannot sue the company because they, quote, allege no cognizable harm to themselves. In addition, Nintendo's defense cited that the end-user license agreement that Switch users must acknowledge before using the system states they must be over the age of 18 to accept. So at this point in time... Uh, basically what has happened is an arbitrator has ruled in favor of Nintendo's defense and has claimed that the two mothers who are representing these children in these class action lawsuits cannot proceed. Uh, And there's been some pushback and back and forth. Um, But like, what do you, what do you guys make of that? That it seems a little, um, uh the word that comes to mind to me is counterintuitive or um anti-message, like as far as what the company's all about. A little insight here.
3: Yeah, I'd heard uh loosely of that story. I hadn't heard that latest update. You know, well, I'll say Nintendo's lawyers are very good and they are frequently <laughs> yes. deployed for these sorts of issues. Right. So, you know, I'm sure it's just their problem solving of you know, you know, nobody wants to be sued. And you know, what's our potential path out of this?
5: Mm-hmm. We we call them the Nintendo Ninjas.
2: That's right. That's, that's what yeah. they are. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're very, they're
2: very smart and scrappy. And clearly, that was a creative strategy.
0: I know you guys were looking out mm-hmm. for them for the whole Switch uh, um, Switch, the, sports? Switch Sports. Yes, when thank I almost
2: you. got canceled by Nintendo <laughs> Ninja. Yeah, <it> was, <laughs> yes. great. That was I'm Not going to lie. Yes. Yeah, they, you don't want to mess with what? them for sure. Um, <laughs>
4: okay, tell oh no. us that story, Chris. What happened there?
2: Uh, it's so silly. Um, so they had that uh, test test fire event, like they call it, for when you get to experience yep. the game online for a few hours before launch. And apparently, there was some weird fine print that I didn't read, but some some people must have read because I posted some photos of myself trying out the test fire event on social media and everyone's like no you're you're gonna get in trouble the fine print says you're not allowed to post anything about this on social media which is really stupid first of all
5: most of us participated in that and most of us us knew about that little line
2: yeah how did you know (laughs) i did not read that and i had no clue what people were talking about and also the the switch did not like keep you from taking and sharing this right yes so it was the functionality (laughs) was not locked Right. Um, so it's like, well, why did you let me do it if you didn't want me to? Um, but I ended <laughs> up getting really scared <laughs> and deleting all my tweets because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, some, something's going to come through my window and get yeah.
5: me. So. Right. I ended up taking a picture and tweeting the image of, you've been disconnected again.
2: No. Well, that also where
5: everything <laughs> yeah. failed in the first 10 minutes exactly. i've always I
1: mean, that always happens too i've always imagined that the nintendo ninjas uh like in my mind they are the two guys from the wii commercials who showed <laughs> up with yeah. the we would like to play you know but
2: it's like yeah. a legal this de- assist yeah. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> instead
3: of exactly. a wii remote yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: there yeah. were some times guys. that we
3: would have to like legitimately work with them on, yeah. on something or other. And I remember Krista would get really nervous, like when she would get contacted. and I'd have to like, you're not the one in trouble. Like they're not <laughs> no. after you. <laughs> they're they always nice people. They're very nice C's,
2: people.
5: It's C yeah. spelled yeah. with two eyes. C Yes.
2: They would always and take me to a room with no windows and I, and, and, and like one way out and I'd be like, what's happening here? Um, Looking but, yeah. around the room for possible exits. Exactly. Uh. But, um, I would say they are definitely very savvy and smart and creative, and this certainly seems like, although a very strange way to go about this, but kind of a, uh, um, kind of like them because they're they are like savvy and creative when it comes to finding solutions to stuff like this. So, yeah,
1: I love it. Uh, a couple of game releases we want to update people on. Nobody Saves the World was announced to come to the Switch April fourteenth, which is actually really soon. This will be twenty four ninety nine. Uh, Out next week, Justin, actually, you've got a code for this, right? I do. uh, We'll have
4: coverage uh, when the embargo drops.
1: Awesome. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, Looks like right up my alley. Uh, Also, Return to Monkey Island uh, has been announced, uh, but a release date is unknown. Uh, Systems, hopefully, the Switch is included in this. We don't know yet. Uh, But this is a new game by Ron Gilbert that picks up where Monkey Island 2 uh, left off. And that hopefully will be announced uh, pretty soon. Uh, That's our news. Like I said, just a little sprinkling, a little smattering. And so uh, at this time, what we're going to do is pause for an ad from our sponsor.
4: Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs some mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in Below the Belt Waste grooming have the best tools for cleaning ale aisle five in your pants uh gentlemen it's time to clean out your winter bush and join the over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscape by going to manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code nindads n-i-n-d-a-d-s that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code nindads n-i-n-d-a-d-s at checkout now here's a great thing folks about manscape we've talked about how much we love their sponsorship and they send us some fantastic products. We absolutely, absolutely. Those are true statements, but here's the thing I want to remind you about. And this is one of the things that I think is fantastic that the start of spring start of April also marks the start of testicular cancer awareness for this month. And manscaped has partnered with testicular cancer society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 think about that again it is the most common form of cancer in men age 15 to 35 so do you know someone in your life right do you know is it a brother is this is it a is it a friend is it you know uh, a dad in your life this is this is crazy right this this impacts so many men so They're really, Manscaped is working to give support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So when you head over to Manscaped, they have a whole section devoted to testicular cancer awareness month. So there's a couple of things that you can do at checkout. You can actually donate directly to the testicular cancer awareness society, or sorry, the cancer society. You can make a donation. You can also go on there and you can tweet and share and, and just make sure that people are aware of it. It's an uncomfortable conversation. People don't like talking about it, but they've also got uh, uh, um, tips and techniques and, and for you to go check, yourself. Right. How do you check yourself? It's, you know, we don't want to talk about, man, I'm, I'm checking my testicles, but you have to, right. Cause you got to make sure if there's something lumps or, or something, you need to get checked by a doctor. Right. And so again, that's what's happening this month in, in April. And we encourage you big thanks to manscape for raising this forward as, as a conversation topic for men. And we're happy to host that conversation here. Take care of yourself, check yourself every day. Um, and this is something that is not, not, um, you can't stop it, but but maybe you can detect it early. It's not preventable, but you can detect it early and get the treatment that you need. Again, big thanks to Manscaped for their continued support of Nintendo dads. We thank you. Uh, back to you, Jesse.
1: All right. With that being said, let's move into our let's discuss section, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So our Let's Discuss section this week on the show centers around our guests, Kit and Krista. Uh, first off, guys, we're so thankful uh, for you spending a little bit of time with us and coming on the show. Uh, we are big fans of your podcast, and it's exciting to watch that kind of launch. Uh, I've got to say, like just listen to it. I've really enjoyed uh, the stories of, of you know the in, inner workings, but more than that, I think uh, I, I enjoy hearing you guys talk about different platforms because we, you know, we aren't dads, but several of us are multi-platform gamers uh, as well. So, uh, well, <laughs> not Justin, but he'll get there. No, uh, he plays
0: Stadia. He plays Stadia. Stadia.
1: Come on,
2: Justin, you can do <laughs> it. Yeah, he's one
1: of the five that's Open your mind. On right. Over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's been interesting to hear your perspective on those things. And so I feel like some of these questions... Uh, We tried to kind of comb through them and go through um, things that maybe you haven't talked about on your show yet. So you're not just kind of repeating yourself or or feel like, hey, we've been there, done that. Uh, But the first question we wanted to ask you guys is uh, for those who are not listening to your show, what have you guys been playing lately?
2: Yeah, well, both Kit and I are pretty deep into Elden Ring right now um we've been playing that for gosh how long now it's it feels like a long like forever like a month at least
3: yeah it came out about a month ago so yeah, yeah it was pretty like you know we, we tried to sprinkle in some other games too but I think now we both have like doubled down of like no we really need to get through this or we're going to be playing this forever <laughs> right
2: exactly it's been great it's what they want you to do exactly <laughs> that game is, I- is one of those games where it feels like the old days where you go to the playground and you ask like, Hey, how do you do this? Or how do you find that? And there's all this like community conversation around it. Um, And I really like that about it. Like it, there's a, it feels like you can still like discover things from each other and get help from each other. And and, and I really love that. That game sort of captured that old school, you know, magic of video games. I'm
1: I've got to make a confession here that I I'm a little scared of Elden Ring. Yes. Like everything that I hear about it, like I I maybe scared is not the right word. Intimidated. It Mm -hmm. intimidates me because like everybody that I see on my like in my social circles online and things are like I would consider to be, you know, seasoned gamers. And they're like, this is hard.
2: Yeah, I will say that I have never, ever gotten gotten through like a Souls game before Elden Ring. And I was so scared going in. But this game. Like if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm really bad at games, and I've been able to get through it. Like they give you so many options, like to help you. Um, And there's, you know, you can do multiplayer to to have a friend come help you through it. So I really feel like you shouldn't be, you know, intimidated because there is so many options um, for any kind of player to play it.
3: Yeah, the fact that it's open world really helps because I think in the other games you were kind of corridored a lot and it was like, well, if you can't get past this encounter, you just got to bash your head against that wall until you figure it out. And then this one, it's like, all right, I can't do this. I'm going to go do these dozen other things. And by then I'll be stronger and then I'll try it again and I'll probably get past it. So it, it's definitely challenging, but I think the frustration has been dealt with in some really good ways.
2: Yeah, hmm. for sure. Uh, the other game that is very different than Elden Ring that Kit and I recently both finished is Kirby, <laughs> Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It was yes. like literally the thing that we needed to calm our shaky hands from playing endless hours of Elden Ring. But um, you probably
5: couldn't find a game more opposite. Yeah,
2: exactly. But it was perfect. It was like the this like nice like reprieve <laughs> from the craziness of Elden Ring, and I loved it. I'm not sure if you guys. Have played or, or um, beaten the game or, but I thought it was so good. And it was such a great uh, way to see Kirby elevated. Um, so we both really enjoyed that. I think.
0: I like how you guys don't give scores, but you guys gave a score anyways. Yeah. For, for the we don't review games, <laughs> but you got do However,
2: if we it out of 10.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So I, I finished this, uh, I guess what you call the main game of that uh, last late last week. And, and without, without spoiling anything of working through the the post-game contents if you want to call it that and I'm, I'm really like it's i i think it was elevated is a great way to to talk about that or to to describe it because there's so much in this game that takes like that core of what makes kirby really good uh and then it's built on a great 3d engine uh and then it takes it in it like there's like little nuances to it, like uh, being able to upgrade your powers and find those scrolls and to build the blue or the blueprints, you know, to, to and some of those, some of those powers that you get when you find like the, the highest level, those are, those are pretty substantial upgrades. Uh, I, my favorite is the ranger, like the space, yes. the space
3: ranger. Oh my I love gosh. that one. That one got me through the end of the game. Yeah, yep. I haven't yeah. played
5: either of the games you mentioned, but I, I've talked with a friend this weekend who has played both, and he said, for him, the last boss in Kirby was more difficult than anything he's played in Elden Ring.
2: That, really? that last boss kind of reminded me, and I think Kit too, of Elden Ring a little bit. We we're like, wait, when is, what's happening? Why is it converging again? This is weird. But it was <laughs> so, like legit like in the last world sort of towards the end it it legit got like a little hard i was well i was gonna say like
1: kirby has this this weird thing going on in like his recent games where it's like oh it's cute oh it's it's sweet oh it's a horror game uh at the (laughs) very end you know it's like let's introduce like now that you beat king ddd here's the giant eldritch horror from space that you need to defeat
2: yeah it's definitely that sense
1: it, and they they lean into that. I, I, I was very. I would say for the people who haven't finished like the whole main game, like that very last area was very. Uh, I was like, "Whoa, what? Hmm, what's going on here?"
2: Felt like a boss world. It was like it, you are in a boss world. Deal like get ready to deal with hard stuff now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So speaking of games that you guys have been playing, uh, what we want to to, to kind of segue into the next section of questions here. Do you guys have any, and maybe you've already answered this by the way you've talked about one, any early contenders for game of the year?
2: Oh, man. We
3: were just talking about that yeah. actually on our on our latest podcast because, you know, we just passed like the first quarter of the year and those always seem to be the games that get forgotten when it comes mm-hmm. time to, to talk about that again. And I think Kirby's definitely a contender. Um, I think Elden Ring is, of course, a contender. I think, you know, for myself at least, Pokemon um Arceus is a very strong contender. I mm-hmm. love that. So it's been a really great uh, first couple of months of the year. I don't know. I, I don't know about you guys. I've had a hard time keeping up with like, wow, these are some great games and I, I just yeah. feel like I need to play them all.
0: And I can't believe it's only been three months.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. should be a lot more to come. And there's games that we've kind of backburnered to like um, Horizon Forbidden West, which mm-hmm. I played like maybe a fourth, a quarter of and then got distracted, but it, when I the first part of it that I played, I loved. Um, and we were playing tunic, which is a beautiful game. Mm. Um, that I, I definitely want to get back into. But there's just so many, there's so much, so much good stuff. It's it's kind of amazing, actually. But um, just a lot to get through.
1: So you just mentioned that there's some stuff on the back burner. So let's we talked about this a lot on the show. Let's be honest, how how bad is your backlog?
2: It's pretty bad right now because there's so many of these. Big games usually it's like okay the backlog is not that bad because there are maybe some smaller indie games that you can get through in like you know eight to ten hours or whatever. But it's like how can you play Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West and you know there's like Cyberpunk we were thinking about. We think about Final Fantasy which is an MMO. Like these are huge massive games that like when are you gonna find (laughs) the hours in the day to get into it?
0: Right. I'll
4: actually maybe jump off that a little bit are games becoming too big, right? The open world concept, these, Mm -hmm. you know, like recently, what was it? I think uh, Dying Light 2 was like, there are 500 hours. You're like, I ain't got time for that, yeah. right? Uh, Like, (laughs) no, I'm looking for something between six and eight hours, Mm -hmm. right? So let me ask you that. Where like, like, how does that feel in regards to, are games becoming too big, too immersive? Or do you prefer like deep lore stories where you can, where you can lose hundreds of hours or you prefer smaller, more contained bite-sized stories.
3: Yeah, that Dying Light thing was a great cell phone. Um, I think a, a game that really stood out to us recently, or well, this was a couple of years ago, was Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was kind of, you know, a five to seven hour game. But it felt like you got a really full experience in that. Like, it didn't feel like they were cutting any corners or keeping yeah, content it. that's still in my backlog.
2: So good. You only need you five do hours. It. Do it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, and, you know, it does feel like there's a lot of games these days that just have you know, a bit of bloat to them that, you know, it's like, wow, this would actually be better if it was shorter. So, you know, I, I typically lean towards the shorter games in this case, you know, these are really great games that I don't want to miss. So I'm signing myself up to, to get through all of them, but um yeah, not every game needs to be that long. Cause a lot of times they're kind of hurting the overall experience I feel.
2: Yeah. And I think um, the other thing that both of us are pretty good about is we're, we're both not completionists, I definitely don't have time to like hundred percent a game or try to like do every single side quest, like the Elden ring stuff. People are like, you can do this, like uh, like alternative 30 hour side quest. I'm like, no, thanks. Um, so I think we're, we're, you know, for these bigger games, we're pretty good at like self-editing so that we're just doing the core experience. But even then it does feel like sometimes it's like, let's not go overboard with distracting things when you don't need it you know in this game but yeah it's tough with these big open world games for sure
1: yeah and i think that like it's really like with horizon with elden ring and even like uh i just picked up uh lego star wars the skywalker saga and that's just it's a thing my wife and i we play Lego games together. She's not really a gamer but she loves Lego games and this was like we've been looking forward to this game for for 2 years. You know, it's been download or it's been you know push back push back push back and then it got like a complete overhaul, it's a brand new game. And we were we were playing it right before I came to record tonight and um, there's the you know collectibles. There's collectibles everywhere and and we noticed that there's these new things called Kyber bricks which unlock upgrades. There's one thousand one hundred and sixty-six of them in the game, and I just thought looked at her and, were bad. and I was she, just thinking like, it was like coroxes. Right? She and I usually <laughs> will like chip away, like we'll beat the main game and then we'll chip away at the percentage, and we've actually a hundred percented some of those games. Wow. And I looked at her and I was like, "So are we really gonna go for all?" And she said, "I'm gonna tell you right now, probably not." <laughs> <laughs> at least I just, we are not going to have the time that i mean that's like the rest of the year for for us you know uh of and which is fine because she doesn't really like we'll play a couple hours at night right now we're just going through the main part of it but uh i don't know i mean she's she's the type of person though that i'll be like hey you play and i'll look this stuff up where in other games it's like hey you play and, and she'll look that stuff up which kind of how we we do things but As you think about that and all these games stacking up, uh, is there any game that you are really, really looking forward to this year? Like your most anticipated game of twenty twenty two?
3: Well, it would have been Breath of the Wild too.
2: I know, right? Yeah, I'm not sure there's anything that has
3: taken that spot yet.
2: Yeah, and I'm so content. I'm
3: so content with what I have. I I like kind of don't want to get caught up in something else on the (laughs) horizon.
2: Yeah, maybe
0: maybe something will come up when we get to you know summer. When we right. get a new right Pokemon game then.
2: though, Scarlet and uh, Violet. Scarlet Violet. and Violet. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's probably a, a you know a fall game, but I'm pretty excited about that. That direct was pretty cool, or Pokemon Presents or whatever. Yes, um, is is looked really great. So I'm yes. curious about that one.
0: That was I, fun I, seeing Jesse's face when it, it was announced because he's a big Pokemon a fan, fan and he well, predicted that,
5: it too. That my, yeah, January we do a prediction show and I said we were to see Gen Nine this year.
2: Yeah, okay. good, good guess. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's um, gotta be. It's gotta be Nintendo Switch Sports where you can clearly play without being you know having some kind of ban from the
2: <laughs> Nintendo who
4: knows. coming right. Like that's gotta right. be it right there.
1: That game's coming out. In the, in the in the final game, <laughs> do not show online. uh kind of shifting gears uh here away from talking about games you guys have recently uh traversed over into podcasting whereas before it was you know the nintendo minute was was video and i know you guys do some video with your podcast uh as well uh but just kind of getting that all started up and and kind of breaking into that sphere of of things uh what what's something that, that that you've learned lately about producing your own content uh in that in that way
3: yeah i mean on one hand you know we had a lot of experience of producing something weekly for 8 years we kind of know what that rhythm is like on the other hand when we were at nintendo we had a you know a proper production team helping us with all that stuff so there was kind of a side of it that we you know someone else had covered so that's been a big learning experience for us of you know how do you do proper audio with a podcast, how do you edit a video properly? And you know, I think we're we're getting there, but we're we're still learning a lot every day.
2: Yeah, definitely the production side has been really interesting and, and actually really fun too, because definitely you learn something new every day. I'm like struggling through premiere every day, which is great. Um The other thing is that, you know, while we started with the podcast, because we just wanted to share all of these, you know, inside stories and our own, um, you know, experience and and perspective on the gaming industry, we did realize pretty quickly that a lot of people that used to watch Nintendo Minute kind of missed those types of video. So we did launch like pretty soon after uh, we launched the podcast, like a a more traditional like Nintendo Minute like show. It's just called the Kit and Krista show, very creative naming um, but those videos <laughs> it, works. it works those videos are basically like nintendo minute 2.0 uh, like we we lovingly call it that but um, that's been really fun too because that's kind of like what we were used to doing and now we have both and so we have the podcast where we have more like long you know longer longer content and then we have like the silly videos that we that we do in the Kit and krista show like stuffing ourselves into one giant t-shirt and playing kirby one right. joy con yeah. each which was awful but fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> i also like the fact that uh, you guys make each other nervous sometimes or i don't know if driving each other crazy is the right word but yeah. like when krista you almost kicked the the thing off to the side that it was like oh my gosh you're making me nervous <laughs> <laughs> And then you're always telling Kit to like, stop hitting the plant. <laughs> or I like know. That. He's going to kill <laughs> that, that poor plant.
2: plant. That poor plant. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. It's like, we've worked together for so long, but he literally annoys me like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In a good way.
1: <laughs> nice. So one, one of the questions that, that we have for you guys was, is there anybody that you would consider like, as far as content creation or journalism, whatever it is, like a mentor, someone you you guys look up and it's like, this is, th- they are the person for me. Uh, who would that be?
3: I don't know if there's a single person, you know, when we were at Nintendo, you know, one of the other kind of hats that we had and Krista was leading this team was working with all of the Nintendo content creator community. So we were always in touch with them and, you know, talking with them and learning from them. So, you know, when we started thinking about starting this up ourselves, you know, we were very lucky to be able to just talk directly with them and, you know, get a get a shot of confidence from them that this was not a terrible idea, but also really kick around some ideas of, of how we could do it.
2: Yeah, that was my favorite part of my job when I was still at Nintendo was getting the chance to just have a one-to-one, you know, a real relationship with all of these content creators, and they always inspired me so much with um, just, you know, their love for Nintendo, their hustle, like, them, you know, doing this kind of work, and it it is work, you know, Um, and, and like, striking out on their own and being independent, that, that was always very inspiring. So, yeah, when we were, like, about to make that scary jump, you know, it was so critical for us to go to our friends, you know, to, to get their advice and they were all so supportive and just amazing. So we were so grateful to have those kinds of relationships.
0: One of Great. your friends is one of our friends too, was Roger's base. Oh, I love uh,
2: Roger. He's, he's uh, been on the show
0: a few times too. So, yeah. And, uh, we've always asked him what it's been like when he got to be on with you guys. So
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 he's been on the sh- on Nintendo minute several times and he was definitely one of the people that I called up when I was thinking, when we yes. were thinking about this, I was like, Roger, help us. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he gave, gave us some great advice and he's always been such a huge support. So.
1: Roger's one of those guys that like when we like E3 would happen or there would be a big direct or, or whatever, we would always like reach out to him, be like, hey, uh, you want to come back on the show? Because, you know, he's always going to bring a certain level of energy to to whatever conversation that he's a part of you can always count on him uh for that uh you know one of the things that we've wrestled with over the last few years and and I know you guys did we did everybody did was uh during the period of lockdown during COVID like uh what do we do you know like you know how do we how do we move forward how do we do anything uh and I know you guys uh I I do remember, Chris, I think you talking about on your show about some like a hobby that you picked up during uh, that that lockdown period. Uh, But what what did you guys like? What did you do with your time? That's that's something that that we that we somebody asked is like what like during that period? Because I mean, like everybody's heard our story, uh, but they may not have heard yours like during that, that however long. Because I know in some let me put it this way, in some places that lockdown was a lot longer than it was in other places. here in the South, it was like you know, two weeks. Like, oh, we got this. <laughs> but uh, what did you guys do uh, during that time? How did you how did you make it through? Is there anything you picked up? Um, anything you miss?
2: Yeah, it was definitely not two weeks in San Francisco. Uh, we were for sure locked down for a long time. It was such a weird time too because you just knew something bad was going to happen. The, the, there was like a weird energy in the air and then it just happened so fast it was like one week you were at PAX and doing a live show with 150 people which is like unthinkable now um and then all of a sudden it was like oh you're working from home you know we're we're not seeing each other for we don't know how long um I think we were very grateful to have Animal Crossing because all of us just played Animal Crossing endlessly and met each other virtually on our islands which was nice um and we 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 were really struggling too because we did not know how to continue Nintendo Minute um, until we figured out to do it in Animal Crossing. So it was like a scary time of like, are we ever going to be able to make another show ever again? Um, that that was pretty that was pretty stressful. Uh, and then yeah, I picked up a whole bunch of weird hobbies. I learned I made bread, I made bath bombs, I made candles, <laughs> I learned to sail. That was my biggest accomplishment. I learned to sail, and wow. I still do it now, and I'm pretty proud of myself.
0: That's Um, awesome for
2: sticking with that. But yeah, it was, I was so bored at home. I did like all sorts of nonsense stuff and bought all sorts of weird stuff for these hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's cluttering up my house now, but um, yeah, such a weird time.
3: Yeah. I would, you know, we both live kind of in the same area around San Francisco and I've lived here most of my life, but there's a lot of it that I haven't seen. So like some days I would just get in the car and just like, I'm just going to go drive to this area that I've never seen before and check that out or like oh there's this trail I've never been on let's go let's go there and let's check it out and I did really cultivate this sort of deeper respect for this place um you know that I already love so so that was a you know a cool opportunity to just you know you know reconnect with that um as far as something I missed you know I haven't been on an airplane since um that PAX trip so I'd love to travel before, um, just haven't had the right opportunity. And uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully we're getting there and I'll be back on it soon. Awesome. Yeah,
0: Dodo Airlines just doesn't cover
3: it, yeah. right? So. <laughs> 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 true.
1: Uh, since the, the launch of the Switch, uh, which you guys were a huge part of, uh, if you got if if you're our listeners, if you've not listened to the insider storage story behind the scenes of the launch of the switch on their show, you need to go check that out. It's super cool uh, uh, to find out what y'all were doing together, but also individually during that time. I was kind of surprised uh, by by some of that. I'll let let our listeners go figure that out as they find your show. Um, but um, since the launch of the switch, what is something? Uh, that has surprised you the most? I mean, it could be a game that made it to the system, uh, the system itself, maybe what another company did with it uh, or was able to do. What what surprised you the most?
3: For me, it's just how big it's become. And, you know, the Wii was such a crazy phenomenon. And I think just in our minds, it's like, oh, well, that's the biggest gaming phenomenon that we'll ever have. But then you hear, you know, the latest financial updates and it's like, oh, the Switch is outselling the Wii or this, you know, it's going to on pace to be the best selling system ever. It's like, how did this happen? And it's like, yeah, it's it's a great system. But, you know, when you think of the Wii having this just appeal to literally everybody and something that literally everybody can pick up and play and the Switch is, you know, much more targeted towards people who already might know and love games. I just don't know how that happened. I still, I still think about that a lot. I was like, that's really crazy how that played out.
4: Can I dig into that a little bit? Was there a, you know, and so let's be frank, right. Coming off of the Wii U, right. Which definitely challenged uh, Nintendo right from a sales perspective. um, Was there an energy switching over to the switch did you know quickly that it was kind of a hit? Did you like, was there a different feeling in the company? Was there a different feeling at the leadership level, having made that transition, kind of seeing maybe early numbers, early reports, obviously launching with Breath of the Wild is fantastic, right? Like, what was that kind of like on the inside? You know, I guess speaking a little bit of the challenge associated with the Wii U from, a, from an organizational perspective, and then how did that transition into the, the Switch, and did you see that change?
2: Yeah, for sure. That was like a significant and very noticeable like energy shift within the company. I think we all felt it. Um what was really interesting was uh, you know, with with Wii U, there was never really like an easy way to explain Wii U. It wasn't like a one sentence thing where you can explain it and everybody understood what it was. It was always like, you know, some sort of long you know soliloquy about like oh it's a gamepad, and it's not just a gamepad. it's not Wii too you know there was always this confusion around what Wii U was which i think that you know is part of the reason why that system was so yeah. challenged
5: yeah. i was um, at the e3 2011 when they did that big announcement
2: and yeah and I, it's like I, no I one got with,
5: it I, I i even left with is that a new system or a peripheral i don't know
2: yeah exactly and that that like stuck with wii u that was like the, the you know the thing that no one could figure out how to explain i guess um so when we first saw the switch and how easy it was to understand it was like home console you can take on the go like oh yeah okay that's cool and then i get it and i understand why that's cool and i want to have it um i think I mean, there was like this sense of like just relief like Phew. we finally have something that you know, people, it, it's so slick and cool looking. Um, it's really easy to understand what it is. Easy to understand this is a new system. Um, so I, I think just that first moment of like, oh, okay, this is not the we <laughs> um, mm-hmm. was like a significant like um, shift. And, and I think just joy, like, oh, yay. Now we get to launch this really cool product that people are going to get and they're going to get excited about
4: yeah you and i guess in relation to that there's kind of connection to that as well as do you think from a from a leadership perspective or an organizational perspective there is a trepidation as nintendo thinks about and there's no no surprise here they're developing their next console whatever that is right uh of saying listen we the we was a tremendous success right and we let we we just added the the letter u behind it and we kind of went off the rails right so how do we protect or keep our message and our product as clean and as crisp as possible so to not have that potential you know kind of rake in the front yard uh, incident again you know what's what's the i don't know maybe if there's a thought there or commentary about that switch w yeah right right exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of the reality of of the gaming industry is you kind of reset everything when you put out a new piece of hardware and you, know, you can look through the history, there's not a lot of companies that have been able to duplicate success generation to yeah. generation. There's a lot of people going from the top to the bottom. There's mm-hmm. a lot more examples of that. So when you hear you know Nintendo talking about like, well, we want to rethink the life cycle of a console. I think that's really smart because obviously this works. And I think there's a lot more that, you know, a lot more life that can be squeezed out of the switch. And I, I've always felt that some of these generations are a bit too fast. Like, Um, you know, PS4 to PS5, I was like, wow, it feels like the PS4 is great. Feels like I'm still getting a lot of. I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, this game looks incredible. I don't know why we necessarily need to make this leap now. Obviously, there's bigger reasons for that, but I'm all for a longer generation cycle.
4: Uh, Sorry, I I got like one more question in regards to the business side of it as well. I guess as you're talking about that, what is the, I'd love to hear what your both your thoughts are in regards to the kind of the industry as a whole. Right as we're looking at these longer generational cycles, what game, what Xbox is doing with Game Pass, right? Like we're essentially we're, we're Netflix service, the uh the increase in cloud gaming and stadia and Luna. Um, you know, you've got some of the other other players kind of entering the space as well. What where, where, where do where do the two of you as kind of industry, you know, veterans, not only from the Nintendo perspective, but also fans of the industry holistically, which I think you kind of have to be, and kind of looking around the other camps? Where do you think this the, the industry is going and what are your kind of thoughts about these changes and, and where do you think the future is going?
3: I think it's in great shape. You know, I, there was uh, a moment, I, f- I forget exactly the year, but it was it was sort of around the time that the, the Wii U was being introduced. And also, you know, there were new consoles from Sony and Microsoft and they were just completely written off because it was like, oh, well, mobile games are just going to take over everything. And these consoles are going to be dead in two years. And A lot of people believed that. And it was kind of a concerning time because so many people were talking themselves into that. It's like, is is that really going to happen? You know, what does that mean for us? But, you know, obviously that was wrong. And I think we've seen all these models being able to coexist. And, you know, even with this hardware generation, like it doesn't feel like anybody's in last place, so to speak, like the Wii U isn't clearly in last place. Everybody's doing really well and you're seeing... You know, new innovations and you know, cloud gaming and you know, VR and there's just so much there that it all feels like it's thriving. So I think it's awesome.
2: I think it's it's great that a lot of um, gaming companies too have recognized that people's like consumption habits with entertainment is has changed with you know subscriptions like Netflix and the way that we consume content now is so different than it was say even like four or five years ago. So it's actually really cool that. Um, the gaming industry is like keeping up with the entertainment industry as a whole. I think that shows that the industry is really um, like strong and it, it's, you know, able to keep up with, um, you know, people have limited time and to spend on entertainment and the gaming is able to keep up with that um, and missed all of the other entertainment options that you have um, as a, as, you know, as, as a fan or, you um, So I I think that, that part of it has been really encouraging to see. And I hope that like we continue to innovate as an industry and, and kind of keep up with um, people's habits and and their new habits around how they consume like content and entertainment.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what are the lessons do you think that Nintendo maybe needs to steal, learn or evaluate from the other companies or, or, or the way the industry is shifting right now to be, Um, I shouldn't say relevant, but to, to maybe make adjustments if they had to.
3: Well, I think, you know, everybody now has a subscription service so that space is becoming very competitive. And now Sony's got their upgraded subscription service that's coming out. So it's going to get more competitive. You know, on one hand, it's sort of a necessity if you want to play online. On the other hand, there's all those other bells and whistles, you know, with, you know, the free content and the, the legacy games, but You know, people are very vocal about that. Obviously, that's a place where Nintendo can really learn. Um, And again, going back to, you know, my comment about looking back at the previous generations, you can really talk yourself into a sense of complacency, you know, going towards the future of like, oh, well, that thing we did when we introduced this system, we don't need to do that again, or we don't need to try that hard on on this. It's like, no, you really do. Mm. So you can't trick yourself into thinking that it's going to be easier just because you're on top now. Yeah, because yeah. Sony
5: stepped on their foot with PS3 launch. Microsoft stepped on their feet with Xbox One launch. So,
2: so it can happen want... to anybody, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think, too, Nintendo is um, traditionally a pretty conservative company, and they it takes a while for them to, like, you know, take a risk or, or do something that is a little bit more... Um, yeah, like out of the ordinary for Nintendo. I mean, they definitely do innovative things like the Nintendo way, like let's make a cardboard box into a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it'd yeah, be great yeah. to see <laughs> to yeah. see Nintendo. Nintendo's
5: always been out of the ordinary, but out of the ordinary for Nintendo is something
2: exactly. Yeah, can I, be amazing
5: I'm... and so can oh, be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you definitely scratch your head a little bit, but most of the times it's like cool, like that. Let's let let Nintendo do its Nintendo thing, but. Um, I, I would love to see them just be like, just push that more with innovation, with IP, like don't rest on the Mario and Zelda laurels and and do something like, don't be scared to do something different and, and potentially, you know, weird or whatever um, in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. On, right. So we're going to uh, move into some rapid fire questions here before we get into a few questions from our community. And so... Uh, these are just for you guys. Um, what is your favorite piece of memorabilia slash swag from your days at Nintendo?
2: Okay, go ahead, Kit. Um,
3: one. boy, you know w- w- one that I think we both have that is just a very rare item is this complete set of kid icarus ar cards somehow we both have this i don't we don't know how many of them actually exist it's probably in like the double digits yes.
0: and we just so happened to both have one
3: um, I, <laughs> when I, I you guys say... showed
0: that off i went and tried to look for because i was like i didn't know that existed and i, yeah. I can't find any <laughs> i wouldn't
3: say that's necessarily my favorite but that's one that i think i was like wow this is kind of Cool that I have this. I'm going to keep this in my garage so nobody can ever see it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped in shrink wrap for right. Yeah, we do have. Um, I, I I do still really like um, some of the signed pieces that I have from you know signed by Mr. Alan Numa or Mr. Miyamoto. Like not only because of who they are, but it was like a special. It commemorates a special time or a special memory that we've had working with um, some of those video game legends and to be able to look back at some of the personal experiences we had with them um, through the memorabilia is really special.
1: Is there like a a non-Tendo, if I can use that phrase, like a (laughs) non-Tendo fave or or special piece that you have?
2: There was this one amiibo that I think I have somewhere that was like a manufactured error. And so Samus has two arm cannons instead of (laughs) <laughs>
3: I didn't know that. Wow. Oh,
2: it's in that studio. <laughs> wow.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, not, one... not for long if he finds it. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 one from outside. So I worked uh, for a while at Namco and one of the games I really loved um, and one of the developers I really loved working with was Keita Takahashi from Katamari Damacy. And I remember he did a series of signed games, but every time he signed it, he did something different or he did like a different illustration on it. And he's an artist um, originally before he started making games. So they were really cool. And I think I have one of those and it's like, Oh, this, this is really like a one of a kind, almost like an art piece from
0: him. You have a physical NFT. Is that what you have? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never say those
5: words again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo that, fun thing? Yes, uh, exactly. There you go. Nintendo fun thing.
5: That's that's, that's for, much better than what no, it really is. It, so, so, who did the video? Nintendo Fun Time? Someone did a video on April Fools. Was that game explained, or was that Dick Nintendo Life? I don't remember who did that. I, I don't remember. I missed that one.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, what about? like are either of you guys readers? Yeah. Okay, I so are you re are do you have a book that you're reading right now or you finished recently that you really have have loved?
2: You know what book we both finished that we both loved is the Mr. Wada biography. I don't know if you guys have read that book or if anyone's read that book, but it's yeah, so great. so good and um gosh you know, having worked with Mr. Awada for many years. Oh, there you have it. Mine's on the bookshelf behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like reading some of those things, I like literally could hear his voice in my head, like sitting next to me saying these words and it, it just, it was awesome to just remember how incredible of a person. He Please was. understand. And yes. Love him so much. <laughs> I miss his voice, but uh, yeah, it's um, it was great. I, I really enjoyed that book.
3: Ish. Krista, you and I both, after the Dune movie came out, we're like, we're going to read that Dune book. I read the book. But you didn't, you did an audio book, right? I did an
2: audio book, yeah. So it doesn't count. uh
3: I (laughs) got about halfway into that and I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) We
2: both ended reading the, or stopped reading slash listening to the book um, when, where the first movie left off though.
3: So not only did you not read it, you didn't finish it either with somebody reading it to you.
2: But my point is that when the second part of the movie comes out, we'll just read the second half. Yeah, I see. Aha. That's
3: a good, <laughs> that's a good moral victory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, we both actually, we both have subscriptions to uh, Marvel Unlimited. Um, I read a lot of comics. Um, I know Krista does, too. I got pretty deep um, a while back into um, Daredevil. And oh, so um cuz I was I was I was re-watching some of the Netflix show which is great and I was like I got to I got to read some of these Daredevil storylines. So I'm I'm pretty caught up on on Daredevil um and that was that was a lot of fun. It's
2: very gritty though and yeah. like violent. <laughs> so
5: I had to explain yeah, what Daredevil was to my kids after that oh. Spider-Man movie. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah did, the you, did you
1: hear the, the story about uh, Charlie right. Cox he, going into the theater because he'd heard that, like people were like getting excited because he, they saw him and he was like, I went into the theater and sat down and no one made a sound. <laughs> <What> <laughs> so <laughs> Nobody went to bed. the wrong
0: one. He went to the wrong one. That's yeah,
1: funny. he did. Cause people. I, I was in my, I was, well, of course, I was the only person I was like, was nudging my wife. She's like, what? And I was like, it's Daredevil. And she's like, great awesome (laughs) (laughs) that's cool blind
2: lawyer yeah it's awesome that was a great thing she
1: proceeded to remind she's like yeah that's the show on netflix that we still have to finish because you are the the show is
2: fantastic you have to watch that second season i did not realize how good it was until i I think i started the
0: round of applause at our theater Mm. (laughs) it's so good slow clap so i think think somebody cried in behind me when they saw (laughs) wow little bit expensive so, isn't it <laughs> right. uh here
1: in the south we we kind of have a phrase uh like comfort food you know it's or or whatever uh, and it's usually or soul food you know it's like things that your grandmother made with obscene amounts of uh either butter or lard or things that we <laughs> won't talk about then they're just delicious but it brings you back to a better time it brings you to a better place uh we were wondering what is if, if we if you were to define that or take that in and, and say, what is your comfort movie? What would be that that thing? Like something maybe you watch uh, every year. It's something that like, may it's like nothing else is on. This is the movie. That's my go-to. What is it?
2: There's definitely like Christmas movie traditions for me. I, there's like a, you know, like a super set of Christmas movies you have yes. to watch leading up to Christmas. Obviously on that list is Home Alone, the first one. The yes. only good one. Um, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yes, I agree with uh, that one. Elf. <laughs> yep, obviously yes. Elf. Yes. Um, what else is there? National definitely...
1: Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's a good yes. one. That's a good yes. one. That's
2: not my, my the first on my list, but that's a good one. What's the one with Arnold scro- Spork- I have teenager? Scrooged.
1: Oh, Jingle, Jingle All the way. way.
2: Jingle All the Way. All That's way, a good yeah. one, too. All the 90s ones are my favorite. So there is, like, in, when December rolls around, then it's like you, every weekend, you wrap a gift, or you're putting up decorations, or you're doing Christmas stuff, like, you have to watch the Christmas movies. Yes. And now they're on Disney+, Plus, so it's even easier.
0: Makes it easier, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: I think for me, I, I'm a big fan of uh, classic rock, so a movie I really like is Spinal Tap. That is just yes. like so dumb, like yes. you can't help but just chuckle through it. So that's <laughs> probably my my choice. And it's really short. I think it's like less than an hour and a half, which is a rarity these days. So good.
1: The yes. part where he's trapped in the chrysalis. And he can't get out uh, during the show, it's so, so good. <laughs> I would have to add to your list of Christmas movies, A Christmas Story.
2: Oh yeah, uh, of that's course. just one, that from, one from from
1: from my childhood that we watched every year. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah,
1: uh, the, we do the same thing. It's I call it the Holy Trinity of Christmas movies. Elf, yes, and a <laughs> Christmas Story and National Lampoons. We do those like the week leading up to Christmas. So yeah. really cool. What yeah. about a, what about a comfort game like the game you're going to go to it every year? You're going to play some of it, or play through it, this is, the, this is home for you.
2: Super Mario World. I go back to that game all the time. It's my favorite game of all time. And I still, like, literally to this day, I still find weird secrets that I've missed. I don't know how that's possible for a game, you know, that I've played dozens, thousands, hundreds, whatever, of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, that's my comfort game for sure. I go back to it a lot. Yeah,
3: there's a game I used to play pretty regularly but now it's it's a little bit harder to play is final fantasy 4 and i would i would probably play that game annually that was kind of the first big rpg that i ever got into and um you know Squ- square's doing some funny business with those <laughs> pixel remasters not putting them out on the switch i would love to exactly. uh, play it again yeah. on the switch <laughs> yes
2: get going <laughs> yeah, but right i,
5: I, I had a real high hype when i saw that on the easy trailer and when they said
1: Steam and mobile eyes went really, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then I know you guys have mentioned on your show the Backbone controller. Yes, Uh, you know for for iPhone. I really hope that the the mobile versions would have controller support by now, but they don't. It's awful. Wow.
3: I don't know what's going on it. with those games. About that the first about right. one,
1: and I was like, "This is this is going to be good. I'll be able to play it on my phone." Nope. Ugh. No, it's yeah. Bummer. That's I remember playing that game for the first time on the Super Nintendo as Final Fantasy II. Right, Uh, right. First RPG that I really made it all the way through to. That's really cool. Uh, This is going to be an interesting question. Okay, so on this one, you only have two choices. Uh, For each franchise, do you prefer 2D or 3D? Okay, that's the question. So for Mario, do you prefer 2D or 3D? (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah i thought she'd jump on 2d right right away yeah so she said world was her favorite
2: yeah i think 2d i think 2d 3d yeah. is actually a little bit hard for me still i'm like where am i <laughs> i need to look at the shadows
3: i think i think 2d as well yeah yeah okay you got, on 3d you've got mario sunshine which is like the lone black mark on the series it's like we wow. uh, gotta count that against you a little bit. <laughs> Gotcha. What about
1: Zelda? Two D or three D?
2: I think three D for Zelda. I
3: I would have said two D before Breath of the Wild, but that's my favorite. Yeah. Game ever, so tie. Say that. Just D. <again>. Two
1: point five. middle. Split the difference. Four D. Uh, yes. Metroid, two D or three D.
2: Oh, man. 3D. It's
3: been so long since we had a prime yeah. game. Uh, I want a prime
2: game so bad.
3: I'll say, I'll say 2D. You had one of those five years ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Only five years ago, whatever.
1: This, can, can, can I ask this just in that, in that pocket for just a minute? What was it like when that game got delayed? Like the we got to restart this. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, I I certainly hadn't seen the game up to that point, so I don't know what state it was in. Obviously, it needed a lot of work to to make them basically start over. But, um, you know, I think that game's just in the same position of a lot of people of like, you know, just just let us know when it's ready. Like, we'll be waiting. (laughs) We won't be
2: holding our breath. Yeah. There's a lot of games
3: that fit that bill.
2: Yeah, exactly. I got gotcha. you. Better to uh, have it be good than have it come out. Yeah, it this this
3: isn't Call of Duty. We're not expecting something every year.
2: Exactly. Yes, I
3: got gotcha. you. Uh, Kirby, 2D or 3D? Ooh. Timely re- question.
2: Recent one is so good. Oh, man. <laughs> 2D, because it, there's. I feel like that's classic Kirby.
3: Yeah, I'll say 2D also.
1: Yeah, it's hard to be. Uh, is Kirby Superstar? On the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, Kid Icarus, 2D or 3D?
2: Oh, 3D, but let's have better controls next time so that we don't, <laughs> don't have like wrist a, braces. Have like a claw hand for years <laughs> afterwards.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of us hoping that comes to the Switch, uh, a remake or that something. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: That would be great.
0: There's yeah, only I, one. I, I got to go 3D also for that one.
1: There's only one 3D uh, 3DS game that has worse controls than that, and it's the Guitar Hero.
0: Oh, uh, that was for <laughs> do you guys remember that? I had fun with that. You know, I had the thing you that you plug the in little, and you had yes. like, it yeah. yeah. only worked with the it's DS later, the DS fat, right? Yeah, um, oh, yeah, it was
1: DS, it wasn't 3DS, you're right. Yep, uh, last one here, Donkey Kong
4: 2D or 3D? Oh, 2D,
2: 2D, that's 2D all the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. the oh answer. I they no, 2D is right. the
4: right answer. That's the only right answer. There, the, right, the answer.
2: Only right answer. <laughs> is it 2D or 2D? 2D. Okay, got <laughs> 2D it. 2D is it? Yeah, either it one. Either
3: yeah.
1: one. What do you
3: go retro or rare? 2D. Oh,
2: I'm going retro. I'm going Ooh. retro. Yeah, gosh. I'm going retro. Yeah. Retro is classier. No offense, rare.
4: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> 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 I, guess, I don't. Oh that's man, I don't know. Classy. Donkey Kong Country is my favorite game. That's my comfort food. Um, oh, that was a pretty but, good game. Super Nintendo. Yeah.
0: I, I'm not a Smash player,
5: but Go ahead. I'm not a smash player but I as I watch my son play I, as a joke I said my favorite stage is 75 meter. Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> I love the original Donkey Kong Country. I just for whatever reason cannot get into 2 or 3 and I know people yep. say like oh those are the good ones.
4: No kid I think you and I are are right on. I nice. think we are we are 100% right cuz me too I'm like not nah, 2 and 3 are dead <laughs> yeah. to me.
3: Donkey Kong <laughs> Donkey Kong Country
1: greatest uh, underwater music of all time. <gasps> yeah.
2: Oh my yeah. gosh yes totally. Oh.
1: Was listening to a cover of that earlier by the eight-bit big band who just won oh. Oh. like they're the they're they just won a Grammy for um their arrangement of Meta Knights Revenge. Oh my gosh. Oh
2: cool. so that
1: makes Kirby the only Nintendo character who's ever won a Grammy.
2: There you go. He can eat that it, it and not it'll yeah. <laughs> be a yeah, grammy just, shaped <laughs> to Kirby. <laughs> grammy <laughs> mouth mode. Grammy mouth mode
1: uh last last rapid fire here uh uh still alive or not who do you want to have most as a guest on your show
2: still alive or not oh i mean living, or,
1: al- living or dead okay mm.
2: well reggie sir reggie reggie definitely reggie it's my favorite yeah, Reggie, Reggie,
4: Reggie might have an email coming his way soon.
2: <laughs> Reggie, get ready. If <laughs> you're listening, get ready.
4: <laughs> yeah. We've been we've been we've been trying to bang on that drum too, but he just wanna return our phone calls. Oh. Oh, I don't know why that he's is. too
1: busy playing Animal Crossing on his new Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> yes, that's exactly if
2: you're not if you don't have it, what's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> right. keep a meal from yeah. eating all the donuts. Uh oh, that's yeah. a deep
5: cut there. <laughs> Let's these uh, finding his galaxy edition switch so uh yeah. 3ds.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into some questions from the community here. We're going to knock through these pretty quick. Uh, These are questions uh, a a lot of our patrons, uh, but also some questions from just people in our community on our social feed. Uh, This is from Deontay Hancock. He asked you guys, what is the most obscure video game that you loved as a kid, or it could be any, uh, it could be any age, the most obscure video game that you loved as a kid that you know, will never come back. He oh, said mine one. would be Beetle Adventure Racing or Claymates. Wow.
3: Oh, well mine would be the copy of uh Japanese Rhythm Heaven that Krista stole for me. Clearly I'm never getting that back. <laughs> You're
2: never getting that back and I have it still. Uh mine is the um Disney Capcom game the Little Mermaid that I played until that I broke that cartridge basically. Wow. I remember that game. That game was so good. <laughs> I love that game. There was
1: some some magic in the the the, the NES days of Disney and Capcom together. Chip mm-hmm. and really was, was good. There was
2: that. Chip and Dale uh, was Attic. amazing.
4: Yeah. Darkwing Dark Dark. Duck,
1: Dark
2: Tales, Darkwing all Duck. Those. those are all fantastic. Classic.
1: Yeah, and then they did the remake a few years ago.
2: And they were not uh, quite as good. I had it on not quite as good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, wasn't I think it's
4: captured. well. There's something in our nostalgia that that makes it great, right? That we yeah. sit in that thing. We remember a pocket in time. Yeah, right, that, that makes it special. Yeah, exactly.
1: it's kind of like you know, you you you're all excited when they bring back Crystal Pepsi, mm. and, then then you just, you, then and then you and then you remember like, how horrible it was when you were 13 <laughs> yeah. But you. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you I, I, I liked it when
5: I was in college, and when I tried it again, I'm like, ew.
1: Was I was thinking?
5: in I was in junior high when it
1: came out, Jesse. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <mix>. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, this is another kid gaming question from Shannonino says, hi, Kristen, love the podcast. I'm curious if you could talk about your first experiences playing a video game as kids. Was there a certain game that when you first played it, it made you fall in love with the hobby?
2: Well, we told this story before, but I got my NES for Christmas, the year that I moved to America. So it was like a defining moment for me because it was my first Christmas. I was like finally reunited with my parents. And they gave me an NES for Christmas, and we spent like all day playing Super Mario Brothers, and that was when I fell in love with video games.
3: I have memories very, very young of um, my parents breaking out the Atari, and they had like the starter pack of terrible Atari games. So I do remember playing ET and Spider Man (laughs) and Empire Strike Back, and thinking like, "Wow, video games kind of (laughs) suck." You were wrong. Were were, you? (laughs) Those were not fun. Um, but then the same thing, like, you know, I went over to a friend's house and they had an NES and I was like, what's this? It's like, all right. I had the, the wrong idea about video games. See ya, Atari.
1: Awesome. Yeah. A rad racer on the NES oh, and then the pulling difficult. the cartridge out for the first time. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? What, what? I'm putting another game in. You can do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Blew my More mind. than one. So yeah, yeah. No kidding.
1: Uh, John from our, uh, one of our family of podcast shows, Dad's After Dark. He asks, he says this, hey, Kent and Krista, huge fan of Nintendo Minute and the new podcast question for you both. What is a gaming quality you admire in your co-host? And then he says, hashtag team chris oh. <gasps> <Hey.
2: laughs>
3: right Hey. I love heart. you
2: so much. welcome to the good side um a gaming quality that i really admire in kit is that he is a very good smash player and i'm a little jealous because i'm a terrible i'm not though you are though you say that you aren't but i i really think that you are because even when we played with people in the office you were like really good so i'm jealous i'm jealous of anyone that's good at fighting games i'm so bad at them and it's so embarrassing
3: Uh, krista's quality she's very uh persistent and stubborn. So. You know, when she talks about like these Elden Ring bosses or these Metroid Dread bosses, like I know that she is just like doggedly doing it again and again and again is like and having a <laughs> mentality of like, I am not letting you beat me, sucker. So <laughs> sometimes I can like, I can be like, eh, I'm done for tonight or I'll try this again later. I, I know she is just going to keep going until she gets there.
2: That Metroid Dread last boss took me four days. I Played all day, before yes, day. Yes, and then yes. my hand was like.
0: <laughs> I, I definitely had to go to sleep a couple of times after trying that last boss. That boss can go die in a fire.
2: Uh, well, I don't know what, is, what you got. But you know, it was
0: it's
1: yeah. Uh, once you figure it out, still hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, yes. it though. Those yeah, uh, yes.
1: Alexander Ocampo says, "Hey, King Krista." Loved your show. Happy you guys continued in the industry with the podcast. I was wondering, as an 80s baby, I had NES all the way to the switch. and Now I'm 40. Shigeru Miyamoto has been right next to Stan Lee, a huge influence in my life. How was it working with slash for him? And when you first met him, what were the first questions you asked him?
2: Well, it's amazing to be able to have, again, these kinds of relationships with these gaming legends. And it was so nice uh, working with Mr. Miyamoto and um, just getting to know him as a person. You know, he loves things like it's like that thing where you see like celebrities, they're just like us. Um, It's like he loves hamburgers and he wants to like have fun and he like wants to, you know, go to the museum and, you know, he's like normal. (laughs) Um, uh, But I think I had a fangirl moment when I first met him where I just like stood there silently, like, creepily next to him um yeah i mean it started out i tried to be very professional because it's our job to not fan girl out um but you know again it was great to as we continued our working relationship to to develop like you know real human connection with him
3: yeah i think meeting somebody of his stature you know your instinct is to keep your mouth shut because like oh you know He's too big to talk to me or to to you know want to associate with me. So I did not bombard him with questions. But yeah, I mean we I think we both learned really fast that he's just like a really sweet guy and he wants to get to know everybody. And he's he's probably asking you more questions than than you are to him. So he's just a he's just a one of a kind guy.
1: That's awesome. That's like a bucket list item. Oh yeah, for me, like meet Miyamoto. Yeah. Um, Ebusel, uh, one of our listeners, Ebusel, asks us this. He says, how did you decide which influencers you would invite onto Nintendo Minute?
2: Well, we really just invited people that we were actually friends with. You know, Nintendo Minute was all about, like, it, we never scripted the show. It was very much just Kit and I hanging out playing video games and doing it in front of a camera. And so when anybody came onto the show, it was just like, one of our other friends coming over to play video games and we just happened to record it. So we, we, everybody that was on the show that we um, invited onto the show were are genuinely our actual friends in real life. So yeah, that was, that was pretty much the criteria.
0: Super cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rudy M asks of all the podcasts, why Nintendo dads? Nice. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> uh, he really said that. No kidding. Uh, they're a good bunch. So it makes sense to me on the podcast, but the real question is, if you could call the shots right now, what game would you say Nintendo needs to invest time and money in?
2: Ooh.
3: You know, we you know, we were talking about this recently of like Kirby really opened our eyes to like, wow, there's, you know, a lot of franchises that Nintendo is... You know, they're they're not making bad games, but it feels like they're kind of keeping just a baseline of, you know, support and quality. Um, You know, Star Fox, I think, is is one that has a lot of potential, but I I personally am not very interested in playing another traditional Star Fox game. But if they were going to be like, all right, we're going to completely rethink what this is, you know, we'll keep
0: the characters, we'll keep the concept, but we're going to start over. I think that could be really cool. See that's a better way to to bring that up rather than your unpopular opinion of that
2: <laughs> Star Fox game. Everyone has them. I, I mean, yes. I'm I'm back to my beating my Paper Mario drum here. But now, now it's like a thing. That Sticker I'm, Star Two. It's like my Mother Three now. I'm just going to keep talking about Paper Mario until they fix it.
1: There you go. Uh, we may have already covered this just a little bit, but Jason asked. Uh, what was the emotion slash slash atmosphere like at Nintendo when it became real that the Wii U was tanking? And what were, if any, the immediate battle plans to try and turn the failure around? Uh, also, listen to the new podcast and love it. Keep up the great work. Big up the Kitarati. Yes. Oh. There we
3: go. Jason, you <laughs> Balance has been restored. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's definitely never fun to be on the losing team. So there was, you know, that that aspect of, you know, just being a little bummed out. But at the same time, you know, there were really great games that were on the Wii U. And we were trying very hard to make those into hits. But I think for just a lot of people, the hardware itself was a blocker and there's no really getting around that. So that's too bad. Um, You know, to to the company's credit, you know, they were going through a very challenging time, you know, business-wise, but we didn't really feel that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we were never concerned about losing our job or, you know, pay cuts or anything like that. It was like, well, it's kind of business as usual. And we're, you know, riding out this, this tough stretch, but we'll be back because you know we make cool stuff and you know that's how this business works
4: it's it seems like a much more matured kind of um st- strategy right and, and I think you know Nintendo has been always very conservative in that and probably their their the war chest was able to to support that right and and you know pe- peaks and valleys are seasons of anything and so how do we just kind of shorten the season as quickly as we can and move on right yeah i, I mean it's, it's
3: always a very long-term view and Sometimes that's frustrating, but when you're in a moment like that, you appreciate it, and I guess that's what comes from being a you know 120 something year old company. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you guys haven't figured it out yet, Justin is our resident business guru. Uh, <laughs> that's,
2: his, that's his niche. Looking at that uh, stock ticker, uh, huh? Every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, right? let
1: He has this persona that he brings out every now and called Business Justin. I like um, Yeah. So we we rely on him for
4: the numbers and the. Is he the one bringing up
3: numbers. NFTs? <laughs> no, no, that's, no that's, that's
4: hot trash. I am not charging up that football. It's a horrible idea. Do not invest in NFTs, folks. You're looking at them. No, don't do fun that. things. Yeah, well, just <laughs> that, that one. That. Yes, that just, one. On the Nintendo fun things. But the other yeah. thing, although also head over to Patreon to get your Nintendo NFTs now. We're just saying it's there. <laughs> <laughs> just want to let <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, There's a monkey minted. that looks like me and Tim. Oh, yeah. it's all, we're all <laughs> facing the same way. Uh, no. Uh, Solo something says, uh, congrats on a new podcast. Did the leadership at Nintendo uh, verbalize or show a lot of frustration or become very direct when all of the Switch Pro rumors were everywhere?
3: Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know that was a thing where not not everybody at the company knew what was actually happening. Where you know there was a real product, which was the Switch OLED, but that was a very strange phenomenon. Where, you know, there were rumors, but they were rumors that were backed up by real, like legit media reporting with sources and everything. It's like, oh, this is going to have 4K. So there was kind of a sinking feeling of like, well, when we announce this real product, are people going to be disappointed that they don't have the features of this made up product that they've talked themselves into existing?
0: Right. That's exactly what we talked about when that happened.
4: Did that, did that begin to play in a little bit in the communication strategy? Cause I think in the last couple of years, I've seen Nintendo take a very active stance in regards to like m- managing expectations in their communications. And so what I mean by that is I remember there was a director and it was like, we are not talking about the following things. Right. And it was very like, um, I think it was very forward, right. In regards to their, like, this is what's in scope. So just, Check and people yourself. People were still did upset. That, when they oh, yeah, talk people about still be upset. That that that's the internet in general, right? But <laughs> yeah. like, did, was, that a, was that a known strategy or, or, or definitely a change internally? Oh, yeah.
2: Totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
4: that's spend a lot
3: of time thinking about, you know, how can you position something to disappoint as few people as possible? Like you said, mm-hmm. there's still people who are going to be inevitably, no matter what. But I think that's the right approach. And, you know, you see some of these other companies with their like direct alikes, And I think that's one of the finer details that they don't always get right is they can really let people's minds go crazy with opportunity or speculation in the way that they introduce it.
2: Especially now with the fans, the way they are, you know, like how, how like whipped up they can, they can get and how quickly rumors and and all that stuff can spread nowadays. It's like um, you really can't take that risk as a company um, to let, let that get away from you. So I think it was pretty smart that um, there was sort of this like transparency about what it's going to be in an announcement rather tell people beforehand um, and, and kind of take away the element of surprise, which is is still pretty, you know, that, that part of it is fun, but let's do that versus having a bunch of people disappointed because they made up their, their own speculation about what it's going to be.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know the normal response is we don't respond, but I don't. I don't remember what the exact message was, but that was one where the pr- current president and NCL basically put out a statement saying this is not happening. What do you think is happening?
2: We don't respond to rumors and speculation. That's the statement. Yeah,
4: but again, but again, that was that was tied to stock market investments, right? They had you had to make a statement. There there were some fluctuations there, right?
3: Yeah, in Japan, they do have a a Twitter account that is sometimes will pretty forcefully deny rumors, um, Mm. which you know at times can feel very unlike the company. I I
5: follow that Twitter account when Google. Yeah, it can be entertaining.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: (laughs) very forceful.
1: Uh, our fellow friend from the Great White North, uh, Bruce Patterson, says uh, hello there, Kit, Kit, uh, Krista and Kit. It should always be a lady's uh, a lady's name first in the name of the show. Okay, uh, <laughs> but then he has this. Uh, I'm going to preface this with a with a clarifying question. Have you ever eaten poutine? Yes. And no, if if you have, where was your favorite poutine eaten?
2: I was in Whistler, like I was saying, and it was delicious. Right, Fabulous. so anything good. with gravy on it, yes.
4: <laughs> we made homemade poutine here two days ago. You, oh,
1: you could come and live here in Tennessee. We put gravy on everything. Perfect. I'm there. I'm not going to Gravy. Love it.
4: Kit, where are you going I, for your poutine?
3: I thought I'd had good poutine, but I don't know where it was, so I, maybe it was bad. Actually. Oh gosh. <laughs> Rethinking oh. everything now.
4: Sorry. I'm sorry about that. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, eh? Hey? Life
3: choices.
1: Uh, Vince of Fusco uh, says, Hi, Kent and Krista. My kids and I have been watching you guys since way back. We're so sorry to see you leave. Nintendo hasn't felt very unexpected to us. However, we're very much looking forward to what's next. If it's okay, I would like to know, what was your favorite Nintendo event? Uh, and his examples are live stream, Treehouse, game announcement, et cetera, that you guys shared with the community one that you wished would never stop or otherwise you felt very special or personal about?
2: Um, I think mine has to be the Super Mario Odyssey launch event. Um, it was one of those, the, that it was that magical switch launch year where we just had multiple you know, amazing triple A launches. Um, and that one was at the end of the year, there was a big lead up to it and it ended up, uh, at this uh, midnight launch in New York City,
0: I call um, it the masterclass year.
2: That is the masterclass. You're right. It was it can't be chopped, you know. Um, but that was such a special. It just felt like you know the celebration for that year of Switch, um, culminating at this one event. And everybody was there. Reggie was there. We had a flash mob dancing and singing. And I just right. I forgot about. It that. just felt like oh my gosh, this is like this is the truly this amazing celebratory moment for this amazing console with, with all these games. So that's my favorite one.
3: That's a good one. The one I always keep going back to is the Zelda 25th anniversary concert, which was the first concert that we had in LA that Krista and I both worked on and Mr. Um, Aonuma and Mr. Kondo attended. And, you know, part of what makes it special was um, I think they were really overwhelmed by the response that they got there, you know, seeing how impactful the music and and just Zelda had been to all of those people. I don't think they expected that. And it was really touching to see them sort of realize that in the moment.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. Kind of as, as a follow-up to that one, uh, it's kind of an amalgamation of two questions. Uh, He also asked what was your worst or least favorite events? And kind of along with that, was there ever a game that you guys had to promote that when you got done with a promotion, you're like, all right, I never have to play that again. Good.
4: Did you not hear Kit Kit's stance on Star Fox? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, we, we've been pretty lucky. We both worked on some great games um, and, you know, we don't do these big events for not a triple a title. Cause it, I think from a, business, Justin would probably agree with this, that, uh, you know, when, when it's like one of those smaller games, you, you probably don't want to spend a lot of marketing dollars on it. Um, so there hasn't been like a game where I, you know, where I feel like we put just a lot of effort into, and it was like, ugh, that wasn't great. Um, there's certainly smaller games that we've worked on. The one that weirdly comes to mind is that game code steam. I don't oh, know yeah. if anyone even remembers that game, but it was oh, yeah. weird yeah. things were, Somebody at the company that was like this is gonna be a hit, we need to like make an effort, and I was like, This game sucks, like we shouldn't put any effort behind this. <laughs> so there were some moments like that for smaller games where like maybe one or two people were like, Yeah, do something, and you're like, I don't want to.
3: <laughs> I was uh involved very minimally in um the infamous Devil's Third um with that much, game too. That was very much in the <laughs> bucket of we know this isn't good, we're not gonna do much. So it ended up not being very hard to work on. but that was that was a strange product. Mm-hmm. A few that years was, ago yes.
1: when I, I had just joined the show, it was right before the the switch reveal or right around that time we had a we were doing a top 10 uh Wii U games of all time list and we were allowing guests to come on justin's bitter about this list because i removed donkey kong tropical freeze
4: Yeah. thank you hey krista and kit we're gonna have a new podcast spot open because i'm finally firing marty because somebody else agrees with me thank you thank you thank
1: you but, but here's the thing uh, the week before that we had a guest on the show and he actually nominated devil's third as oh, his God. number one wii u game of all
4: time Barry Dunn, we, Barry my Dunn. Irishman. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was, was like, Barry? I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's really good if you'll just sit down well,
2: and. Somebody do likes something somewhere,
4: right? Yeah, doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. it's a good call, though. You know, <laughs> and, and <laughs> so he didn't we stay were, on
2: the
5: list, and that was the last the time we put we we had people directly manipulate a list. Now we <laughs> yeah, he ruined hour. it for <laughs> everybody else. Not gonna lie <laughs> oh, to you, we're no. like, we're not doing this again. We, me and Barry, <laughs> you, we ruined it. Now we do more. Give us your top ten list, and
4: I'll aggregate the numbers.
1: Yeah. Ironically, that's also the last time Barry was on the show.
4: Oh, that's also a true hi, statement. Uh, Kit, go ahead. What you were saying there about it's, the trailer? It's one of those games where if you watch like
3: a trailer and you see like the list of like you know what this game is trying to do, you kind of talk yourself into it. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, this could be cool. But then in in execution, it just didn't work. That's true.
1: It was it was so weird. It was it was just a, a weird a weird game uh Andros from uh one of our favorite shows nintendo pals he asked this what are some of the uh this is man this is a wild question what are some of the weirdest slash worst comments you've received on something you've made like a video social media post podcast review dm etc
3: well there was a pretty big contingent of people who were just convinced that we hated each other that was always like very entertaining for us
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's
3: like obviously in real life we're very good friends and it's like <laughs>
2: what It's a of- <laughs>
3: strange way to interpret interpersonal relationships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. That was like, it, it, it was like always like this extreme thing. It's like, they hate each other. No, they they must be friends. And like, they hate each other. So it was like nothing in the middle, just two ends of the extreme. The other thing um, that we would see a lot, especially on the, when we were, you know, making Nintendo Minute on, under the Nintendo channel was like, oh, these two awful hired actors are scripted and they don't know anything about games. It's like, that's literally the complete opposite of what this is, but sure. Um, but yeah, I think Kit and I both are like unbothered by this stuff, like Paris. Um, So we never took any of this to, you know, to heart. We didn't lose sleep over it, but it was interesting. Sounds there. like
0: you had a good laugh though.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty entertaining and it definitely is interesting how people can interpret something. It's like, okay.
0: Right. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Uh, last question here. Uh, do you have any predictions or hopes for this summer's game announcements?
2: Let me look into the Krista ball here.
0: Mm, the Crystal ball. <laughs> I like <Yes>. it. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Well, we know. I mean, there's probably going to be something in the summer time frame for um, like a direct or something like that. I, I feel like there's going to be. Um but you know, you know Nintendo pretty good about like only talking about games that's coming out in this calendar year. So I feel like they're maybe, you know, talking about some, uh, sharing more details on games they've already talked about um, earlier this year. Um, I'd be surprised if there was like some new game added. Um, we were we were joking around. We're like, now that Breath of the Wild is uh, delayed is there going to be some kind of other Zelda thing to like tide the fans over? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need that? Because Breath of the Wall is probably going to come out in March, like early Wind March.
5: Port, cough, cough.
2: That's what I want.
5: Yeah. <laughs> good choice.
2: Let's like manifest all together. Um, yes. So maybe like something like that could happen, you know, because yeah, I think that would be good for the fans.
3: I'm, I'm going to zag on this question. I'm just dying to see anything of the Mario movie. Like I'm, Mm. I'm so sick of seeing the Sonic movie everywhere. (laughs) It's it's painting me. And it's like, this movie's coming out this year. We got, we got to be close. Can't wait forever. we weren't going to bring up your
0: hatred of Sonic in here. Just to, you know, but to save that, save that, but. Can't avoid I, it. I get it.
1: <laughs> so, so you're lining up this weekend to see the movie,
3: right? No, no, no. <laughs> What's funny is I, I, um, on Twitter, the the person who runs the Sonic uh, Twitter account follows me, and she will just leave the the saddest responses to whatever I Sonic know. burn I put on. Like, I'm really hurting. An, an actual person here with this, like Sonic, he mean? deserves the pain. But this person, I feel, I do actually feel bad for her.
2: She's like, if you just give our little blue, per, like little blue friend a chance, he's like, also, oh, she's like so sweet, and yeah, like I hate this.
4: <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you're gonna like receive a package at your door, and it's gonna be like a press kit for uh, Sonic Two with all one the of sway those fuzzy and...
1: Sonic controllers, yeah. Xbox controllers.
2: Eat oh. Cheetos and gravy, and touch it.
4: Uh, yeah, back to gravy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well guys uh those are all our questions we want to thank you so much for joining us on the show um we know we want to be respectful of your time obviously you guys uh probably have got stuff going on uh but uh at this point we're going to kind of like take just a quick break uh and come back to the show and if you uh want to stick around you can if not it's totally fine
4: too before um, we get you going though, tell us where people should go to find all absolutely. of your stuff. Please, your podcasts, where should they follow you? What do you what can we direct our audience to? I'm sure they already know you. That's why they're here for you. But like, how can we celebrate you and your amazing work?
2: Yeah, I do this every week, and every week I'm like nervous. Uh well, we are on uh YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and it's all slash kit and Krista. Uh, Also, we have a Patreon, and that's literally how the show is getting made. So please support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. Um, We have three tiers. There's, like, really cool benefits. We have a Discord. The community is amazing. So we hope to see you guys there. Um, And we have the podcast is live every Thursday. And then the show, the Kit and Krista show, is live every Friday. So find us. Watch us. Listen.
0: Yay. (laughs) That's great. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So like we said, we're, uh, we want all of our folks head over there, check out their podcast, check out their uh, new show on YouTube. If you have not yet go subscribe, like do all that stuff and and consider uh, we, you know, patrons of the show. Thanks for supporting us, but maybe consider supporting them uh, as well. I know it'll be worth it. Uh, And again, we thank you guys so much for your time uh, and have so much enjoyed this conversation. And we're going to take, Uh, a little short break right here.
4: Are you changing the layover there, Mr. Jesse? To
5: I, I switched it, it to the four
4: face. Yep. Oh, man. You're so good. Like, now, so now man. I'm, I'm so I mean, I'm nice. still, I legitimately, though, I still am trading Krista for you, my um <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to lie to so you. Fired. She was like, we, 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 we let me know when we're back live and we'll talk about it there. Oh, yeah. Or
5: I, I guess like, well, we are, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're live. Tra- tra- yeah. We've never stopped being live on YouTube, but I did start recording again for the show. Yeah. That's fair.
4: Uh, first four uh wow, what a chat what a chat hey yeah. uh that was such a fantastic moment um i wanted to say this uh kudos mr estes you did a fantastic job hosting that you did you were just on point your timing was spot thank on you. really well done you know very rarely do i give you a compliment but i want to say i know my hat's off to you uh, thank you well i, well I like done, your sir. hair thank you
1: tonight I, it All looks right. nice it, yeah, the, yeah. The, the blue glasses and the hair are working
0: I I, I have you. to admit I I like his sexy voice that he's got going on right now. Thank uh, you this. I'm pretty, glad that he's sexy. not yelled at somebody this week and, and oh, got, I,
4: I can't yell uh, at
2: Kristen.
1: Well, not over uh, yet. That's true. Speaking of yelling, uh Tim, why don't you tell us about uh what's going <laughs> on in the Nintendo Dad's Family of Podcast right
0: now? I can certainly do that. Uh basically we've got, you know, our usual three shows in the family of podcasts going on a retro logic dad's after dark show and game pass news retro logic you got your usual sub suspects dan dad fast john and third strongest mole sam they talk about the latest retro and modern gaming discussions uh but they also if you haven't saw they have uh, a controller wars bracket going on so uh make sure you go and vote in that, which is pretty fun. They even have a contest going too, where you can predict where that bracket's gonna go and potentially win surprises there. Dads After Dark Show, of course, the, you got the dads and the uh, Dads After Dark Show crew there with uh, Drew and John and Sadie every now and then. Uh, they talk about video games, uh, TV, and soon be lawn care again, which we get to hear what Drew killed this week, I guess, when he starts doing that. <laughs> Some dirty jokes and more, uh, and don't forget about their hot gaming characters bracket, bracket, um, booty bracket, the booty bracket. Yes, call it so, what call it by its name. Well, I changed the name just in case you know I didn't want to offend anybody. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but Game Pass news. We also have Nick and Sean talking about the latest scoop on games available on Game Pass. Uh, it's a great show to listen to to get because there's a lot of stuff that comes out on Game Pass, so it's a good way to kind of get some ideas of what to try out there. Uh, they also uh, check out their discussion about PS Plus versus Game Pass. Look,
1: there is nobody that I would rather listen to than those two talk about that, because they know what they're talking about.
0: Yes, sir.
5: Going back to so, the Controller Wars bracket, um, the, I think they have the Intellivision controller up against the only other controller that it could that. Well, that it would probably win. And what was yeah. that? It's up against the Ouya controller.
1: Oh yeah, I voted Intelligent <laughs> there, yes. and I, it was—I felt forced. My hand was forced. <laughs> uh, and speaking of controllers, let's talk about what we've been playing, real quick, shall we? Do it. Well, Jesse, we're going to start with you because I like what you've got in the the uh, the document here, in the notes. Yeah,
5: I, I have literally played nothing all week. I, I, this week has been me catching up on TV. So, like, I I, I binged the, the entire season up to now of the Superman and Lois and a few other shows, you know. But I did buy Chrono Cross this afternoon, so I'll be putting some time into that weekend for this yeah. weekend. So I'll be talking about that next week.
1: Uh Speaking of binging shows, uh, we are just about to finish this series on Netflix called "Is It Cake?"
4: Oh, oh my boy. God, that's the dumbest show! I've.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> listen, I don't like Donkey Kong. You don't like cake. It's tough. Totally we're scraping fine. we're scraping the barrel for show ideas. Well, the concept well, is: Is it cake? Justin, I'm just going to say this: You might be cake, and not even know it. According to the show,
4: might be, might be.
1: It, listen, it's it is something that is mindless fun to put on with the kids and watch. It's mostly innocuous. It, we have fun discussing it and saying, "Okay, which one do you think is the cake?" Right? It's it's just something to watch. Yeah, we watch do that
4: at home family. too, but we don't put on a okay, cake. We just put on some like documentary murder ser- serial killer show for the kids, and that seems to end really. So well how do for you us. think?
1: How do you think this one happened?
4: Yeah. Can you, what? <laughs> So legitimately, though, parenting moment, we actually had to, like, Jody and I have conversation like, we need to actually stop watching that. One of the kids, one of my daughters, like, got up at 11 o'clock. They're like, I think someone's here to murder me. (laughs) I was like, all right, we need to stop watching this. And then we turned to, is it a cake? So don't do that. Yeah, is it cake? That's how they say it. I don't know. But,
1: yeah. So, anyway, well, judge my, judge my binging choices if, if you want moon, to. Yeah, that's fine. Moon Knight's
5: good. I, I'm liking that so far. We've not episode.
1: actually seen the second episode yet.
4: So. Yeah, i a little bit into that one.
1: The first one was weird. Can we just yeah. can we just acknowledge that? It's a weird the, episode. The second one continues to be weird. Okay. Well, that's, I, I, that's
5: I, fine. I think episode three starts with the actual backstory and fills in the gaps of why episodes one and two was weird.
1: You know, you know a friend of the show, uh, Mikey Burgett, who uh, runs the Screen Nerds podcast, which you should go check out. He asked me the other day, because we're real life friends, but way before this, he said, do, do you feel like maybe you're getting a little burnout on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And that's the first time I've ever, like, actually considered that maybe, maybe so. Mm. It's like, you know, when, when WandaVision came out, I was like super excited, right? And now it's like, oh, yeah, midnight. Yeah. You
4: know, I can pick it up. I, you I, know, where it became a reality for me was when I watched The Eternals and it took, oh, me four, yeah. it took me four different times. And I literally at one point was like, I don't actually even know what's going on. I don't even know why I'm watching <laughs> this, but I feel like I have to. Um, and then at the end of it, I was now, like,
1: oh, that's such a great observation. I feel like I've got to do this so that I can keep up.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Is there a payoff at the end? Is there some final cutscene they'll make all this worth it?" Spoiler: There isn't. Um, no, I, and well, that's two that and, and a half ass- hours of my life I can't get back. Well, I saw and that. I that paid theater, the money to, so go to see to that in the, in the theater. Shot.
0: Oh gosh, Justin. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody by the name of Zach disagreeing with you in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can absolutely see that.
4: So a couple of things in the chat. So look at this. Hey, (laughs) we have an amazing, we have amazing guests on the show and someone decides to poke their, their nose into our chat for the first time in like forever. Hey Zach Zach Erickson says you boys are making me nostalgic. For my time on the show, I missed v being verbally abused by Justin. Hey, Zach, anytime you want to show up and be verbally abused by me, just send me a DM and we'll have a chat. We'll get you on. Let's do it. All right, <laughs> let's do it. I have no let's problem happen. doing that. You said something hey, earlier uh,
5: too. See if I can find it.
1: Can can I can I say this though? I, I like I think I'm getting tired of the whole like superhero movie genre. Like it doesn't matter who it comes from. See, and I'm and I know that's like the cool thing to say, like it's the yeah. Scorsese thing to say. But like for me to admit that, like, you know, I, I'm i like, the, the, like, I want to dive in head first, like as soon as it comes out. But yeah. like, I find myself like going, oh, yeah, Multiverse of Madness comes out this month. Huh?
4: Oh, I think that looks good.
1: Oh, it looks yeah. great. It does look great. And I think it's going to be I really do think it's going to be like super good. Right. Yeah. There's so much like to dig into in that movie, like just from the previews. But anyway, we've become Marvel heads. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah. Uh welcome to Retro uh radio. What did what was we just call this?
1: Nintendo Dads After Dark? No, what we was, was your show? Retro,
4: retro, No, retro what was it? Rewind, uh, no. no. Reactor Radio. Reactor, Reactor Radio. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay. For people, for people who are who are new here, that is like a deep, deep cut, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> for you're like, what is he talking about? Where Marty's podcasting career started was on reactor radio, which was a actually pop a show culture before that called just okay, but there was a uh, pop culture show
1: and that's how we found you or you found us. Mikey was actually on that yeah. show and he found you guys and brought you guys to our attention. he was like, I think you'll really like the show, the angle they take. And I was like, that's fine. And then I listened to one episode and before I knew it, I was designing super Mario maker levels that you couldn't beat.
4: Yes. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. And, that's and he was like, happening. wow, this uh, this Canadian is just verbally abusing this other Canadian. I like the show a lot. Right. Yeah. And then, so yeah. that worked it's totally fine. And there
1: was a giant, uh, there was a man dressed as a giant tingle.
4: Yeah, that was exactly uh, yeah. it. Man, man, no. how we've grown in eight years, haven't we? Look at this guy. It's great. It's great.
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, we, man, just, and just, I watched uh, all of that happen as a fan in the background. <laughs>
1: then, and then, and Tim is like lurking in the. What was the app that we used? Line,
4: line, line.
1: And Tim was like, "We should go to
4: Discord."
0: Yeah, I was like, "Can we?" <laughs>
4: and then it just
1: got louder and louder. And finally, we were like, "Just do it."
4: Yeah, it you was like, like, listen, I don't know why he keeps complaining, but we, I think we said, I don't think that at that point you were, even, you were even with us, Tim. I think we said, no, nope. you were our community hash
0: manager. Yeah, and you were, we were like, you we want to do it? You're in charge. You do it. Fine. I don't know this. <laughs> I don't
4: understand Discord. You do it. And then, and then here, all of a sudden, uh, like,
0: manager, yeah.
4: And that's
1: Ecology how you is hard. You make yourself useful to us. That's how you get on the show. Do you,
0: you guys remember what you had me do, too, as well? as It was like a, I don't know if it was like a, interview if you will but it was you guys had me do a game like you had me review a game too yeah i mean i distinctly remember
4: our interview process uh (laughs) that we decided to make all of our all of our applicants go through was a very rigorous hr i didn't have uh,
0: i didn't have any equipment or anything like that and i was like well i could do a voiceover because i you know, at the time I was an instructional designer, so you just uh, did like I forget the game, but it was like I just took clips from my switch, put them together, and did a voiceover on them. My quality like, passing like, That's pretty out, good. You're, uh, good. you're good.
1: Seldom <laughs> given compliments. Tim just elevates the game. Like he's yeah. he's just you keep yeah. doing it, man. I, I what mean, what
4: what the people don't know probably behind us. behind like, the scenes is like Tim Tim kills it. Like all thumbnails are basically Tim uh he well, keeps us all of them mo- i said almost all of them keeps us pretty on track um They're, yeah yeah i could just ideas, hear you guys like oh my
0: gosh there's tim again leave me organization, alone organization <laughs> it's
4: good it's he it's
1: fantastic up,
5: he set up this new animated background that we're doing deb- yeah this yeah week
1: look the uh i, I think which. you i think you may lose your employee of the year status uh this year jesse i'm, uh, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Jesse's uh, speak- my mentor so you know look at there to... look at there
4: uh, <laughs> this, this student I've been, been slowly corrupting this thing from the very beginning <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty soon it's just gonna be Tim dad's
4: <laughs> yeah
1: uh Tim
0: where did everybody of, go what what have you been playing uh I've been playing uh, a few games and there most of them are I think most of these are on um yeah actually all of them are that what I've done is on our uh youtube channel one way or another either the streaming side or uh the video side um but agent intercept um i played that it is basically a updated more current up to to today uh spy hunter type game and i have an absolute blast with that game so i mean each of these games i do a first look it's basically the first time i'm jumping into a game but Afterwards, I'm playing more and having a blast with it. And I'm loving Inter- Agent Intercept. It's just a fun game to jump into, drive around, blow up bad guys and and get through the story. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Slipstream is another racing game, uh, kind of like your outrun uh, type racing game. It is balls hard. <laughs> yeah, so, like I watched
1: a video on this today uh, as well as, as the one you've got. And- yeah. Dude, I'm not playing this game. I would get well, too frustrated.
0: I found out, and this is something I'm going to be doing too. Is they uh, the developer uh, posted something about actually some accessibility options that not uh, not only for making the game accessible for everybody, but helping it come down to a level you'd be comfortable playing the game. Okay. In. So uh, I posted with our video in the comments a link to that developer's information as well as some highlights from what he said to do uh, to kind of, you know, be able to change up some of the settings to make it more fun for you to play. Um, so, and then maybe, you know, and then way you can build up your skills and then go back and, you know, and see the, you bring you it up
1: talking about the difficulty of that is, is kind of sad. I don't want people to miss out on it because yes. this game visually looks amazing.
0: Is outstanding, even though it's like, you know, your 16-bit or 32-bit outrun type game uh, look. It's still a lot of fun, plus the drifting. I love a good drift in a game, so yeah, yeah, drifting is yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and again, uh, in that comments of the video is a link to that same Twitter thing that talks about all the different uh, options and settings you can change to slow down the game if it's going too fast for you at first and there's difficulty levels that you can change. Uh, you can actually turn on auto drift. Um, even though the game was designed for you to control manually drift uh, the game, you can turn on auto drift. It's just to make it so that you can get used to the game and used to the feel of it um, and have fun with it. And the reason that this game also grabbed me is because it has a cannon a cannonball run uh, mode kind of like, you know, you're, uh, like the movie cannonball run. So, uh, and that, that's what grabbed me. And it was like, you know, you, there's different modes and I only played two in the video. So, or yeah, I only played two of those. So, um, there's a lot more content there too as well. And plus it's local, uh, four player. If I remember correctly. I believe it's, it's not online, but I know there's local, uh, multiplayer. So, uh, the other game I got to play was Neptunia slash Senran Kagura. 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 Thank you. Um, got to play uh, Ninja War. Excuse me. So it's an, um, I was trying to look up some information on the animes that are linked to this uh, or other games, I guess, that are based on this. Uh, like the Neptunia, I guess, is a game. I'd, I'm i not that knowledgeable in this area, but it's Definitely, um, there, it's definitely Hack and Slash, which I really enjoy those type of games, but there's so much story content in there as well. Yeah, so see,
5: I, I played part of the original Natunia game back in the PS3 era. It's like turn-based RPG gameplay, where it's like a spoof on the video game industry. So like one character is PlayStation, one character is Wii. Things like. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Okay, yeah, and then Sengra Kagra is has the is the hack and slashy thing.
0: Yes. And so, so this a, game is hack and slash, but with crossover. a lot of there's a lot of RPG elements where you build up on the characters and stuff like that. And again, I'm I'm a noob when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I was trying to grasp what was going on, but found out that these characters transform from young ladies to uh, more mature ladies i guess if you will
1: so (laughs) a very tactful way of saying
0: it
5: so uh it's very interesting part of the neptunia lore if i remember again i only played the first game there's like 10 of them now so yeah
0: there's a lot of content going on here and i only touched like scratched the surface in the in the first look Uh, uh and definitely worth a look if you're into the this type of genre of games again it's a it's a mashup so it is mostly hack and slash type of game the battle system is a lot of fun you got to know your buttons so it's like if you're going to dive into this game um you you're going to have to stick with it because there's a lot going on with the different button combinations to do different moves and blocks and all that kind of stuff um not a knock either. It's just got to make sure that's the type of game you have. And uh, as far as I know, there's no demo yet for this game either. I wish there was because I think that would benefit them as well. Um actually posted today. I also did a quick video of a Metroid Dread boss rush. I did uh just to, you know, I was like, Oh, I got a little time. I'm gonna I'm just gonna turn it on, see what it looks like, play, jump right in and see what happens. And then right when I was starting to battle that first boss, I was like, oh crap, I don't remember any of the (laughs) buttons (laughs) to do. So like, I didn't remember how to parry any moves. I didn't remember the missile thing. I was just like, there is a practice mode though. There's like, before you get into the boss mode, you can practice against the first boss.
1: So can I ask a question about that? Sure. Uh, Just from viewing, I wasn't able to pick up on this, but uh, is it uh, like you have one life bar and you got to make it through all of them? Correct. Correct. Do you get any kind of energy recharge period? There is
0: energy recharge, which I did get fighting the boss after the second or third try. When you get past that first stage of fighting that first boss, you get some missiles and some health regain. Uh, okay.
1: So there's gonna be a little bit of of, a little bit, a little bit, yes.
0: Yes, there is a little bit of help, but uh but definitely so is it
1: every um are you are you 12
0: 12 bosses? 12 bosses. So are you finding Emmys as well? I don't know yet if it's the Emmys as well. Ugh. I don't know, but it's 12 altogether. So you're, you're going to
1: start out with the, like the, the, the beast with like the tail club thing. Yeah. With like thing. the
0: scorpion ish. Yeah, exactly. Scorpius. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you definitely start off there. And so, and for me, cause I haven't played since last year, it was like, Oh crap. I don't remember the buttons. So it's like you, if you're just coming off the play, uh, um, got it. Um, you gotta you. It, that's why the practice mode is there too. So I was like, I just, I got you. I almost feel like it'd be beneficial just to jump back into the game and get used to the button combinations there, and then go to the Bosch Rush. So, um, yep. But uh, it was fun just to go in there and just get my butt whipped and be like, uh, maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> it's like, just get in that way. And then uh, then I, uh, to end off the games I've been playing, Breath of the Wild played some more and got, I beat the second Divine Beast, got that done. So um, I'm on my way to... Two out of uh, four. Yep, I got two out of four. And so now I got to figure out the path of which, which one I'm going to go for next. So I got the, uh, the uh, elephant and the bird. Do you, do you have the Master <laughs> Sword yet? I did not get the Master Sword yet. You
1: got, now, now it's time. Is it time now after two? Okay. I think so. I think that's the best time.
5: Okay. The last the last screenshot that I that you posted, I don't know how current it is, but you're gonna need to do more signs first. Who are yeah, you, I only you,
0: have ten hearts.
1: Yeah, that's not enough. Which two okay. which two divine beasts have you done? The elephant and the bird. You did those? I don't remember elephants? their names, but the elephant okay, so you've done you've done the uh the elephant was the water the water the, one the, where, where I get people.
0: the or, um, automatic. Yeah. The regain ritos. of life yes
1: and then you've got the ritos so yes. the the uh revali
0: yes and me so where i can boost up in the air those are probably yeah, the, two um, most benefit, the two best re- abilities of the four. that's why i went for those so, two. so
1: here's the deal before you go fight uh the one in the desert thunder blight ganon okay you need you need hearts you need okay. lots of hearts that's all well, I'm I do
0: have to open up more of the map, so I will probably be going this, uh, you, those path. Then to,
1: that was that was a point that almost made me uh, done with Breath of Wild. Okay, just, just being
0: honest. Well, thanks uh, thanks for the, so. the the pointers.
5: Definitely. So yeah, I didn't that, beat that. The one I think was the fourth one I did. So
0: I had the first. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I didn't beat the uh, second divine beast on stream, but I did play some of it on stream. Uh, it was just like, I thought I was going to get to it in time, but it was more of just trying to get up to the point of getting to the, yeah. uh, the bird. So, uh, but I did beat it off, off stream. And, uh, now I'm looking forward to getting more of the map and shrines. Apparently I'll be, I'll be concentrating on that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And the reminds us you have to have 13 hearts to pull the master sword at least. Okay. Good to know. So, so
0: I'm three away from that. I least.
1: did. I did it in the middle of the two, and it, I think it helped with the the last two. Okay. And and actually just helped with the end that that last, I guess last half of the game having the master yeah. sword. Yep.
0: So and I think that's after I did this, it reminded me what my goal was. My goal was not to play Breath of the Wild over five years. My goal was to uh, grind out all the shrines, all the towers, and all that first before I went to go fight the beasts and stuff. So I, I, it, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, Oh, that's right. That was my plan. And that's why it took so long. Gotcha. So, but yeah, that's why Justin,
4: what have you been playing? <clears throat> Sorry. I have been playing a game called dismantle and it is out now on the Nintendo switch. Remember how we <laughs> joked about what if animal crossing was a zombie game? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of, this is kind of exactly it actually. So it is a zombie game. So, I mean, if you're tired of the zombie survival kind of strategy games Um, you're going to want to avoid this, but it definitely has a a little bit of a walking dead kind of feel to it a little bit, but you come out of a bunker, zombies are there and you are dismantling pieces of the world. So breaking, you know, um, wood and metal. And then that then becomes, you then collect all of these pieces and then you go to a campfire and you craft them. So this you're is crafting the,
5: back, the building mode of Fortnite. Went.
4: <clears throat> uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So then, then you are, you're, then you're actually using these materials to craft stronger back or bigger backpacks, stronger weapons, uh, different medicine, different gear. So you're dismantling um, it. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Actually, we've got a first look coming up on Sunday. It'll be going out played about 45 minutes of it, but it's, it's just, uh, it's just really cool. Actually. Um and then if you die you can actually go like loot your body afterwards and um there are hordes of zombies and you you know there's just like one you can take on pretty well but all of a sudden spoiler alert I get swarmed by four of them and I die. Um but it's uh <laughs> it's it's really cool. It's it's a it's a fun fun game. So the art style animal, is very cool. It's and the Animal EO Crossing
0: is
1: very Animal Crossing Zombie U and Death Road to Canada all kind of combined yeah
4: that's a great way of putting it i would highly recommend you check it out if You're a fan styles, of any of those yeah the art style is also pretty cool like it's, it's a very simple like it's a very cool art style as well the vo work is actually quite good um okay. yeah like i was like it's like you've don't-
1: taken me from a zero to a five yeah all right check like it out, out. the 10 like interest like i yeah. don't know that i have enough time to sink into another open world crafty type game but i'm gonna check it out i'm gonna look yeah. at your video and-
4: so, yeah, there's that. And then, uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier, um, nobody or no no one, no one, nobody, nobody, nobody saves the world is downloaded on my Switch. Uh, it comes out next week. I've got a preview copy of that. So, I'll be uh, once the embargo lifts um, ne- <laughs> next week, we'll have coverage on that. But, um, yeah, those, are, those are, I'll, I'll jump to that later. Um, but, yeah, that's awesome. all for me. I got to cool. jump, guys. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Good night. Justin. Take care. Road, you man. guys saw my chat? Yeah? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll talk yeah. later.
1: Bye. So, uh, I as he's transitioning out, I've been playing uh, some more Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, I mentioned this earlier when Kit and Crystal were here that uh, I I finished the main game. I think I finished it by podcast time last week. I talked about this. Yeah, and there, uh, if you have played Kirby and you finished that part, you know that there is a good chunk of post game content, and I'm working my way through that. Um, I think. It, I think. We could say this because I, I don't think I know Jesse. You're not playing this, and Tim, I don't think you are. Are you playing Kirby?
0: Yes, I I am, but I put it on pause because I really okay. want to continue on. So Breath of the Wild. I, I,
1: with without with without like giving it away, like what is is and what's going on. Uh The post game content is like remixes of the, the the sections of the world that you go through. Okay. But whereas, like the section, like at the very beginning, where it, you know, like you you see the map, it has like five or six levels, like five levels in a boss fight. This is like elements of all five of those levels pushed together into one long level with a boss fight at the end. Okay. That's kind of amped up from the the regular game. So there's a little challenge here. You yes. need to have your abilities upgraded, but it adds to um, the post game content. There's also other outside of that mode uh, there's other post game content that I haven't even cracked the surface of yet. So I like I am very impressed with this Kirby game. I I, I yeah, previously like I think that planet Robobot was my favorite Kirby Agreed. of all time yeah, and it's here. still it's still in the top three. Uh, maybe number two uh, even I, well I, I feel confident in saying this number two this this Kirby game is my is my favorite Kirby game. Of all time. Yeah. And
0: I've it, it, that a lot.
1: Really at it really yeah. is a complete package.
5: I've been hearing that a lot too, too, almost to the point where I probably should be I should buy this and play it.
1: Yeah. So here's here's what I like about this game is that there, you know, you know how Nintendo does Kirby and, and a lot of their games. Like there's like an initial like five or six, like four or five areas, and then the challenge comes. When this one, yeah. when the challenge comes. If you've prepared, you're ready to meet it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. the game is throwing you all types of opportunities to get to get to that level of being able to meet the challenge. And the way that you meet that challenge is by having upgraded abilities. Okay? So the whole time that you're playing, uh, Tim, you know this from playing even just a little bit, like you'll finish a stage. And like little rifts will appear elsewhere on the map. Yes, yes. And they're like challenge stages. Like you go, like it's like uh, a different copy ability. Like, well, Car Kirby, Carmouth Kirby. Right. Everybody knows about Carmouth Kirby. Well, this is like a race to see if you can get through it in a certain period of time. Yes. Well, that's great. But there's also like shortcuts that you can take, and and all kinds of stuff like that. And that gets you uh, rare pieces of cr- like crystal hearts that you can use to then go and upgrade your your gear, like your your things, your abilities. Yeah. So you you can choose to bypass those if you want to, but that's going to make the game harder for you in the end, right? But the whole package is just really good. Like I mean, I, I don't know, like Jesse, I don't know, like if you've enjoyed other Kirby games, I like, I yeah. think you'd enjoy this. <laughs> the only other Kirby if, game I
5: played that I liked was Epic Yarn. All the okay. other Kirby games I've played. I got bored really fast.
1: So this game actually has some good elements of puzzle solving using your abilities. It also has some good exploration because it's in that 3d sphere. So I don't want to compare it completely to Epic yarn because that game is really good. Like as well, I've like, I've forgotten how good that game was, but this is, this is a great, I, I don't want to say they could strip Kirby out of it and it would still be a good game, but it is. like It's a fantastic, if, if you want to call it a skeleton or an outline or whatever, it's a great base. Like It's got good bones. Like it,
5: that's kind of the strength of Kirby is Kirby is nothing, and it can be any other character and it's still the same game. Yeah. That was yeah, the original and- point of Kirby, and they decided, yeah, oh, let's just keep it.
1: You know, (laughs) one of the things that I think they did in some Kirby games was they got a little haywire with the copy abilities. Like they just like, how many can we have, you know, this one kind of pairs it down to about 10 or 12 copy abilities that they use extremely well throughout the level design. So I think that's, I think that's one of the things that's helped me Mm -hmm. with it. So like star allies was too easy. This is, I've died one time. So if,
5: if, if I'm still playing Chrono cross at the end of next week, I'll probably, you know, not play Kirby, but if I, if I fall off of Chrono cross, I'll probably pick up Kirby and see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Uh, another game I've been playing is Fortnite, uh, which is no surprise to anyone. I was hoping I was <laughs> going I was hoping Fortnite? Justin was going to talk about it <laughs> a little bit to talk about it. this season's been, um, has pulled me back in like it does every season, but the, the no build mode is just, it's chef's kiss. It's so good. Um, the, the addition of the sprinting and mantling and now not having to worry about so-and-so building their, you know, right. 4 billion tier structure so they can <laughs> shotgun me from the top. It, right. But, but the thing is, is it changes how you play Fortnite. It, it changes because you've got to be more defensive. You've got to, Think about your surroundings. It's I can't just lazily throw up a wall in front of me. You know, I gotta go in with the right. Like, I haven't got a win yet this season. And I usually by this time, like two weeks or into it or so, I've gotten the first win. I don't interesting. So Hmm. it's definitely a step up in
0: like competition. I think. Yeah, Sammy's been trying to get me to play again. And I'm just like, I have no interest. I'm level 32. So, I've been and
1: I, I do the crew. So, I get the free skin every month. And the okay. so free skins lately have been lame. I'm really thinking about ending that. Kind of feels like there's no rhyme or reason for them. Um, but I know as soon as I quit, they'll,
2: they'll do be something, something really cool.
1: Yeah. They'll so, pull you back in. Yeah. They'll pull me back <laughs> in. So, I might as well just stay. Uh, the last game I want to talk about is a game that I'm actually going to have a video up on our channel. For this weekend, and that's Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker saga. Yes. Uh, And you're like, Marty, uh, how can you uh, do that? You bought it on PS5. And yes, dear Nintendo Dads listeners, I did. I bought it on PS5. Um, (laughs) And the reason was, is I wanted, uh, I was really afraid uh, that I would not get the very best experience uh, because as you heard me talk about earlier, this Lego games are the premier series my wife and I play together. Uh, I love it when she when we play video games together and I want yeah. her to, to enjoy it. So I didn't want there to be like any stuttering or or drop frames or weird stuff going on because the Switch couldn't handle. Uh, what is like co-op in this game is not like previous Lego games where it's like you can be in the same screen and it expands out to show everything and then they draw a line. It's completely split screen the entire time. So I wanted that to be okay. So, and, and when... A friend told me that the PS5 version ran in 4K and 60 frames per second. Like, I'm not a frames per second guy, but I was like, it can handle it. That's fine. Uh, and then I, uh, I bought the Switch version today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Double dip. Uh,
1: because, um, like, she's going to, like, do a deep dive on it and okay. do, like, all the Kyber bricks and all that stuff. I just want to be, like, I want to be able to play it on the go. If I'm and on top of that, uh spoiler alert, in uh two weeks, uh we're going on a cruise. And so I want to be able to play like I'm gonna get it to the point that we're at at home, like as yeah. far as levels, and then we're gonna play it on the ship. So nice, that's, like that's you know, when we're relaxing at night or whatever, just throw it up on the like I'll take my portable dock, we'll throw it up on the TV and we'll play a little,
0: a little later. See, that's that would have been cool if they had cross progression on on that.
1: Uh, absolutely
0: yeah uh,
1: here's what I could tell you about this game though uh from the just on in this initial things uh if you've ever played any of the Lego games uh right uh the if you've ever played any of them like is, you've probably played the Lego Star Wars games you know they're old right and uh, in some ways they were very outdated compared to new Lego games well they took everything that they learned uh up to um the the Force Awakens game, right? And they have they have taken all of that and completely overhauled and rebuilt every game. But so this isn't it, just a
5: port of the PS2 version. No,
1: it is every Good. every movie is completely different. Uh it's it's extremely open world to the point that like when you start a level, like you all you're doing is basically saying, I'm starting this and it's got like it, you just pick up right where you are and the level is also part of the open world if that makes sense. except sometimes it shifts like in the first uh in the phantom menace not there's there's traditional lego gameplay, there's uh shooting like a shooter gameplay where you're riding the bongo through the the planet core to get to uh yes. to, to amidala. Gotcha. Uh, and then at the end there's tower defense. Uh, At the battle with the battle of the the droids versus the Gungans. It's really cool how they handle it. Um, The only gripe that I have is that like they use some uh, voice lines from the movie. But in other places, they've brought in like the Lego Star Wars animated actors. Okay. Our voice actors. And they're not. This is not great. It's (laughs) um, like Anakin sounds really bad. Uh, in in um, attack of the clones, okay. But like they took the parts of the games that maybe weren't as fun, you know, when you like went back and replayed them or whatever, and they pared some stuff down and they made them fun and they made like there's lots of variety. Like I said, there's tons of stuff to discover 1166 kyber bricks, right? In this game, um, there's upgrade trees. Like there's general upgrades, and then you can go in and upgrade each class, like scavengers, uh, Jedi, Dark uh, Sith, uh, protocol droids. All these things they all have upgrade trees that you use these kyber bricks uh, and studs to buy. So uh, that's on top of being able to find upgrades to like unlock, uh, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten x multipliers, and all kinds of other stuff. Plus, there's uh, if you bought the deluxe edition, like I did, there's tons of character packs coming, and yes. yes, Grogu is in the game, so you can't play as him. He follows Mandalorian around, but you can play the Mandalorian from day one. So that was a that I think that was a huge win for them. Like yeah, they knew that they needed to do that. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you get for buying the retail, like the the physical copy is a code inside the package for a free character pack of um classic characters where so if like if you if you're familiar with Star Wars Lego like Star Wars Lego was like the very first licensed really big deal Lego you right. know that they did yes uh and when they first started it all of their Lego men like uh, like Lego bodies minifigures they all looked exactly like a Lego minifigure like dot eyes little smile yellow skin so you've got Luke Skywalker with his hair and this yellowish skin, you know <laughs> pigment and the dot eyes and so you can play as those characters that's fun so like in the game and in new Star Wars Lego sets they're very expressive you know it's on faces right uh and things and in a lot of cases like I have several of these sets you can turn the head around for a different expression yes. but in the game it's all very expressive it looks exactly like the animation that you see from Lego Star Wars, like on Disney Plus or whatever. So, total package, it's fantastic. Uh, I can't recommend Lego games enough. Anyway, I think this is a um, this is a big get for families, like mom, dad, whoever. Like, this is a great one to play with your kids because again, it's like unlimited lives, unlimited life. Kids can run around, do everything. There's it's goofy. There's no like, you don't have to worry about the content, right? Right. So this is, this is a no brainer for me. Uh, this fantastic game. I think you should run out and get it. Uh, Mecha Dragon asks in the chat, how do you afford all these vacations? Uh, <laughs> I can, can I just be honest? Like I'm, I'm going, on this. I paid for this cruise two years ago. All right. It's been put off and put off and put off and put off. So uh, I've never been, y'all, I've never been on a cruise and I am freaking out like I'm, my wife Um, wants
5: me to go on a cruise and sometime we'll probably go it's just and
1: it's not like a like when you think about a cruise like you think about this long you know week long we're we're gone three days it's it's like we got it because we're it's actually it's actually we're a conference that we're going to on the boat okay so it's actually it's actually work related (laughs) (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, yeah this is the part of this is the part of what i do that i love um but uh anyway
0: yeah. i will not as far I as will i know say i won't say never but i i am deathly deathly afraid of deep like ocean water, lake water, all that kind of stuff. I am too. My, I have I'm a phobia too. of that.
1: And uh I've told my wife, if it's going down, I'm getting out. Like I you you just gonna have to fend for yourself. Like <laughs> get you the boat. Uh here, here's the thing that the two things that are really gonna uh bother me uh while I'm there is no cell phone service. Like I'm yeah, I'm not gonna be able to handle that. Um and then um I was gonna buy the drink package, like you know what I'm talking about, like the like if you want to drink Coke on the ship, you can either pay like five dollars per Coke, which is stupid, or you can pay like a fee per day ahead of time, yeah, and get like unlimited. And I was All like, great, inclusive. that's awesome. Until they, f- I found out it's Pepsi. <laughs> Who wants to drink Pepsi? Just Pepsi, not like Mountain not Dew. No, like or Pepsi anything? products. Pepsi products. Well, There's only dues. one Pepsi product that I like, and it's Diet Mountain Dew. And
0: get that trash
1: it. out of here. Coke is the real thing. Yes. It says it in the name. It's in the slogan. It's the real thing. <laughs> you know what? And you know what? Before anybody says anything about this, because I know somebody out there is going to be like, oh, Pepsi. You know what people don't do? People don't pay to go to Atlanta, Georgia, and go to the Pepsi Museum. Because you know what? doesn't exist because nobody cares about Pepsi's history. <laughs> There's a Coke museum and it's fantastic. You can drink as much Coke as you want, one fee. Go in, spend the whole time in there. Pepsi's just gross. It's terrible.
0: Get I it do out. have to give Pepsi credit for helping me get off regular Coke because of when I found out I was diabetic. I had to. I could not drink Diet Coke. Yeah, it was like going from Coke to Diet Coke was no. So you drink Diet Pepsi and you're okay no. with that? No, it wasn't <laughs> just. It wasn't just Diet Pepsi. It was Diet Cherry Pepsi. Okay, that's okay. what got me that's, off. That's of drinkable. Coke. I was able to drink that, and then then I was able to drink the other Diet stuff. Diet I don't know why. Pepsi.
1: Diet Pepsi tastes like somebody took a regular can of Pepsi and poured it through a cardboard strainer. It's so about three so times, and then served yeah. it to you. I can't it's drink awful.
0: Diet anyway. Yeah. And and, I, and Diet Diet Pepsi products always gave me headaches. Yeah. too so it was like except for the cherry one i don't know why. now
1: listen when i when i started having to drink diet drinks all the time you know low sugar no sugar drinks yeah diet mountain dew was like it was like angel yes. chorus when i yes. found it i was like and now oh. i can't drink mountain dew at all like the regular mountain dew awful
0: no i can't drink so, any regular So
1: pump. overly sugared but nobody yeah. wants to know that why are we talking about this um <laughs> That's what we've been playing. We've got one question from our community uh, for us, apart from the questions earlier. So let's get uh, to that, shall we?
0: Okay. Hold on one moment. Episode? Uh Yeah. Yeah. We're Episode. going to, have to talk about this. Your comment, Diet Mountain Dew is garbage, is garbage because. For somebody who has to drink diet stuff, at least that is like we said, angels coming down and handing us the bottle to say, Here you go, we know you can't drink the regular stuff. So, yeah,
1: forget you, sir. Make a dragon says Mountain Dew is for gamers. (laughs) My son would agree with you, he, yeah, he, um. He, he keeps, like, when he streams, he's like, hey, Mountain Dew, if you would sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's like us and Crumble Cookie. Hey, Crumble Cookie, if you'll sponsor us. Um, yes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but Bruce, Bruce Patterson. To, well, but reminds me when I
5: was in high school, you know, I was on the track team, uh, and people would actually ha- keep Mountain Dew in their cars warm and drink them. I'm like, that's just nasty.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, there's a contingency of people who say that Dr. Pepper
0: is better warm. Nah. I can't drink any pop.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Here is our question for Bruce Patterson. He says this. Mr. Alnuma is quoted as saying, as previously announced, the adventure in the sequel will take place not just on the ground. He's talking about Breath of the Wild, too, by the way. It will take place not just on the ground, as in the previous game, but also in the skies above. However, the expanded world goes beyond that wait what beyond the ground and sky other dimensions back and forward in time spirits with tracks ha. <laughs> we could go on all night i am so stoked to play this game only one more year it will be so worth it mercy Miami. uh i may like this game more than poutine hmm. mm. which
0: yeah that's something so that he said there. uh where do you think what do, what do you think he means by that what's uh beyond the ground and the sky where are we going yeah, I agree with the the um, maybe not the time, but the dimensions. The dark world, I think, may come into play here in this game, um, and I'm hoping so because of I always like dark link tie type tie in type. You stuff, know, so. you
1: know what nobody ever mentions, and and what I think may be a possibility here is uh, high and low, high rule Whoa. and low rule. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that it, the dark world stuff? Isn't uh, that kinda
5: it's ish. I think canonically it's different.
0: Okay. Yeah, but like I mean because I thought that's what it was, like you went to a different dimension. Well, this this may be the Dark the world society. was
5: the result of Ganon's touching the Triforce, where okay, Low Rule is a different dimension that had its own Triforce
0: until okay. they didn't. So yeah. I'm getting I'm getting the two mixed up. Okay. Gotcha.
1: I this is going to s- maybe sound blasphemous to Zelda fans, but I think the dark world is just, I think it's lazy. I think that would be lazy. It's the easy way. That's oh yeah, it's dark world. It's just palette swaps, Hyrule. I like um, I like
0: your idea of the low rule stuff, so.
1: I would good. be okay with it being like, uh, what was the, shoot. It just, poof, out of my head. The Link uh, Between Worlds? Skyloft, if it was Skyloft. Oh,
0: Skyloft, okay. I would be okay with that. Well, it makes sense because that's why they had us play they, they Skyward Sword. The question
1: that It would make sense. That's why they had to play Skyward Sword. But the question would be because how did it get back up there? Spoiler alert. Sorry. It's also a 20-year-old game almost or 10-year-old game. <laughs> how did, how did, Sky, did Skyloft get back up there? Because at the end of the game, it, it's not up there anymore. uh no, no. yeah
0: so maybe we'll find i think out. that's yeah we'll find out for sure and yeah well, i I'd like or, where breath or of the wild ties in a lot of this stuff so
5: may, maybe you know in the hylian side there is no skyloft but the low ruling side might still have it
1: i like it yeah i like it uh Cell says time travel and that may be a good that that may be part of it because i are we did we not see too in that in that image like link with different hairstyles and different clothing? In the,
5: which in the first trailer, yeah.
1: I mean, there is, I mean, different clothing in Breath of the Wild, we've already got that. But like it it seemed, I mean, something has happened. Obviously, from the new footage, something has happened to the master sword. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it, it poor, could be Porphy. It can be anything, yeah.
0: So, yep. Well, guys, and I think I think this potentially could lead to a third Breath of the Wild title. Boy. Oh, where the world floods, <laughs> flood of the wild. Yes, flood of the wild. <laughs> it's like a Wind Waker type <laughs> those, game. Those
1: bears and bow are just swimming through the wild. Oh, I love it. That's I
0: Look, I. We won't see it until 20, uh, 30. No, uh, we three. won't see it
1: until 20, 2038. <laughs> uh, yeah. You heard it here. Flood of the Wild coming. The, the I was saying 33. After, the year after we get Amico? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's actually, it's exclusively coming to the Intellivision Amico, uh, along with Earthworm Gym 3. Uh, well, guys. That's been episode 370 of Nintendo Dads. And I want to say a huge, huge thank you to our guests, Kit and Krista, uh, the Kit and Krista podcast. What an honor to have them on. uh, And we're so thankful for each and every one of you that uh, hung out and made it special. Thanks for all your questions and engagement with the community. You guys really are uh, the best. I'm serious. Like, we don't just say that. We believe it. Uh, As we close out the show, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers Dave Ernzberger, Antonio Contronio, Solo Something, and Alexander Ocampo. We also want to say a huge thanks to each and every one of you who sponsor us on Patreon, whether it's a dollar a month or anywhere on the spectrum. We are so thankful for you. The fact that you will give up your hard-earned money to support what we're doing, it's huge. And so thank you so much. Uh, for that. Uh, also, huge thanks to everybody who follows us over on YouTube, where we're now over 6,100 subscribers and over 1,200 subscribers and followers on Twitch. 18 of you get access to our Discord by using your Twitch Prime subscription. Uh, you can do that. And remember, do it every month. You got to re-up every month. So be sure to go over and do that uh, and uh, follow us on Twitch uh, using that. Uh, Get $20 off your Manscaped order with free shipping and and free shipping with the code NINDADS. And be sure to check us out over at Nintendodads.org for all the stuff we've got going on. YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, social media, Extra Life news, all kinds of stuff you can find at Nintendodads.org. Email us at Nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-NDADS. That's 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remember, wherever you download uh, your podcast at, uh, whatever app that is, whatever service that is, go and give us a five star review and write some words about the show, telling uh, people about the goodness of Nintendo Dads. It just helps us, it helps people find uh, all kinds of stuff. You guys are the most distracting. God. It's hard, to, it's hard enough to do this big thing at the end, and you're playing with Zelda amiibos and all kinds of crap. Uh, for me, for Tim, for Jesse, and Justin, uh, we want to thank you for watching and listening to this very special episode of Nintendo Dads. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.
2: Please understand.
0: <laughs>